Hello there, this is Mike Matthews with MuscleForLife.com, and this episode of the podcast is going to be a departure from the normal programming. Instead of me rambling about a topic or bringing someone else on to ramble about a topic, I'm going to play for you my appearance on the Mind Pump Media podcast, and you can listen to me and the rest of the guys ramble about all kinds of topics. No, seriously though, the Mind Pump guys were nice enough to invite me to fly out to San Diego and hang out with them for a couple of days and record some podcasts in studio, which I did last week and we had a lot of fun, super cool guys, and a lot of interesting discussions about a lot of interesting things. So Adam, Saul, Justin, Doug, thanks again for having me on the show. And I would give you, Mr. and Mrs. Listener, a quick synopsis of what we talk about in this episode, but I don't have the show notes from them yet, and I don't remember because we kind of just went all over the place. However, I do think you're going to find it entertaining, if nothing else. So here it is. Was it Garfunkel? That guy got laid, so... Simon know. and Garfunkel? Yeah. If Garfunkel can get laid... If you can get na- laid with a name like Garfunkel... No, that's and why... And look like that. That's why I like fucking with Justin, because it's true. Every time we go... Every, more fans fucking like him more. All the girls fucking are always... He gets oh, a Justin. lot of attention. I mean, I, I'm i not denying anything. Part of the reason... <laughs> it's Part of the reason is the mysteriousness. Because, mm. you know, me and you talk so fucking much. Yeah. And Justin's a little more mysterious. But he also he's has, way more likable. He also he's got the glorious mm. glutes. Mm. The glorious glutes. That's his wrestling name. <laughs> when he was a wrestler in Mexico, remember that? Yeah, that's when, that's wrestling. the move that puts everybody to sleep. You know what I mean? <laughs> My, yeah. Mike said wrestling with quotes. Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Glorious glutes. The glorious glutes. Dude, so the shit you're telling me right now, Mike, is fucking melting my mind right now you're blowing <laughs> my well how do you, you know what, what i'm impressed with is how calm and cool you are because i'll tell you right now that shit happened to me right now i'd be a fucking angry oh, person yeah. all day today like you just i guess you're just used to it is that the deal uh we, we've gone through it a number of times but i mean i don't know I, that's more I, a bit of my personality i guess really like, yeah mm. I, I tend to because getting all worked up about things it takes a lot to get me angry like i do i'm not it's not a person that gets worked up easily i can get there um, but somebody has to work at it to really get me going. You know what I mean? So stuff like this, I mean, I don't know. It's just my natural instinct. I guess it's a bit more just like, uh, all right, well, that's kind of fucked. Um, all right, so what, what are we going to do about it? You know what I mean? Right. And as long as there's something that we can do about it. Um, now, but, but again, this is also, so we've had it before where we had our top three best-selling products on Amazon, which is a lot of revenue. I mean, it's probably... Uh, 70 to 80 percent of of all the money that we're making um I, I don't think let's say it's it's at least 60 yeah go down for anywhere from four to six weeks all at once whoa and over a month yeah yeah and because that's because so, this is on amazon yeah this is on amazon this is amazon so this is the amazon i mean it's i was like I've been it's a battleground really um yeah, these are so those targets worth. those those products were targeted too we know for a fact they were targeted was, by other yes. supplement companies yeah. and then and again there's just like little little there's just non-stop shenanigans and there are mm. ways to get people's products taken down um this time though the, suspending the entire account is amazing that's the first time we've had that happen usually <laughs> usually there it's 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 sniping individual products you know what i mean it's yeah. like oh um so what well, like for example someone that sh- that doesn't give a shit they're shady um 
and, and they want to get into, let's say they're launching a pre-workout. Uh, what they'll do is, and we've seen this multiple times, are we're always in the top um, three for pre-workouts on Amazon, right? So if someone's launching into the pre-workout space, part of their launch is taking down the competitors. So it's it's really going, that's like part of the strategy. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's going after. Okay, let's get rid of the top five, right? Or let's go. Let's just do what we can do, and then see. It's not a guaranteed. Even regardless of what you do, it's not guaranteed you're going to get someone taken down, but. Man, there's a good chance. Let's say it's at least a coin flip, right? So part of that is let's get the top five taken down. Let's get, let's take down what we can, and then also let's game Amazon search algorithms wow. and do some black hat stuff so we can come out the gates huh. with uh, one. We're gonna we're, they they you know accrue a ton of reviews, fake, paid for, but they look for verified purchase. It looks legit. At least as a consumer, you think like, oh, this thing has 300 reviews. You didn't know it just launched five days ago, but. Um, so it's coming out of the gates, like, you know, with, with, uh, doing a bunch, giving away a bunch of product in a way where you get a bunch of reviews, taking down your competitors and doing some black hat stuff on the search. So you go from nothing to like significant sales right away. And, wow. and because of how Amazon now, can, now if we launch a supplement, can you help us with this? Oh yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> I have this right, right to the top. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is actually, this is some, these are the types of You need of to write a book on this, dude. <laughs> This is yeah, fucking, an expose. An expose. Con confessions. <laughs> confessions. Of Marketed Amazon on Amazon supplements. No, dude, I'm serious. <laughs> like, okay, we had to catch our listeners up a little bit because yeah, before yeah, we, yeah. we got on air, you know, we were talking. And Mike was sharing with us what some of the stuff he goes through. So literally, this is yesterday that happened. Yeah, yeah. Yesterday. So mm -hmm. yesterday, somebody comes in. He has a he has a supplement company, Legion, and somebody you you have Yohimbi in one of them. <laughs> somebody decides to intentionally get on there and put a post that says, oh, it made my heart rate. I had to go to the hospital or something like that. And right away, Amazon, it's like like you yeah. said, guilty until proven, yes. right? Is it an algorithm that literally identifies this or is it we like somebody that works there? It, this one, we think it was algorithmic. It's You don't know exactly, mm. um, but they do have algorithms in place that f just flag certain things. Mm -hmm. And um, we've run into this before th where it definitely was algorithmic, where and it was taking down individual products, not everything. Uh, but yeah, so they have algorithms that, but they're, that's their version of red flag is like, yeah, just shut it down until we get around to figuring out what, whether this is even legit. And, and, meanwhile, costing and your somebody, company oh, yeah. tons of- Yeah, somebody, exactly. Somebody yeah. listening right now may not think that's a big deal, but it's a big fucking deal when over 60% of your revenue is coming from well, your supplement Well, business. people don't realize like if you got a decent sized supplement company and you're selling your product through Amazon and one of your competitors wants to fuck with you- yep. And get you shut down for four days. You think, oh, what's the big deal? Four days. That could be like could be, hundreds I mean, of thousands of dollars exactly. or millions of dollars, depending yeah. on gone. Yep. Just right. and you can't do anything about it. Nope. And nope. the process to get it back up is a big pain in the ass. Yeah, right? I mean, now fortunately we know what it is because we've just gone through it a number of times, and um, you have to submit paperwork and just do a bunch of nonsense. Um, and then it gets, you know, a, a random person in India decides if you get your account turned back on. Oh, fuck. Interesting. On. And there was something you said uh, yesterday about like where they would order a bunch of uh, yeah, product yeah. so that you're out of stock yeah. and then return it before it gets shipped. Yeah. So that was before that didn't happen to me, but I know there was a company that was called Uber Vita was the name of the company. Right. And they were on Amazon. You can look them up. They're gone now. And so they, I know just from, these are stories that I've been told from people that just been on the inside, also ex-Amazon people that worked at Amazon and they just knew a lot of the shenanigans. And so, you know, there was like this, this, this company Uber provider was doing all kinds of shady stuff, um, going after people with, that had left one star reviews, getting their contact information, which is a break in Amazon TOS, they will ban you for that. And then contacting people and threatening legal action 
if they don't take their one star review down or change it. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was just one thing. Right? But but I know they also got into some wars, I guess, with other supplement sellers and and part of this included, and I don't know the logistics. I don't know exactly how it worked because since then, Amazon has actually changed. I don't know if it's necessarily because of this, but it's different in terms of the quantity that you can order in one order. At the time, I guess it was you could order a very large quantity of something. Um, and so essentially what you would do though is, um, when, how again, I don't know exactly how this worked, but you would, you would order everything that the entire stock of a, of a product basically and, and it could be a series of orders but so you're talking about in in 10 minutes somebody is going from like you know a supplement that's selling thousands of bottles a day to nothing gone right because we're out of stock and then eventually what would happen is that all that product would have to go back to it would all get returned which means it'd have to be rechecked back in amazon's warehouse so you're talking about like three to four weeks of <laughs> out, out of stock and you get no money and you actually have to pay money you have to pay to send it all back to amazon <laughs> Oh, so, shit. so there was, so yeah. So now, Mike, did you know all this getting into it, or was this something that no. you? And how did how did that unfold? Was this like yeah, when, when did you get? When yeah. was your first surprise? Like you know, the first slap oh, in the face. That's, that's a good question. <laughs> oh, okay. So the first one was my pre workout uh, pulse, right? Like how so, long ago was this? So this like, was this was in the beginning. So so this is this is Legion's fourth year, right? So this was in the first year. I want to say within the first six to eight months or so, um, it got it. It was just we you know, check everything one day and it's just down, it's gone. Right. And, and Paul said at that point it had built up a good amount of, amount of momentum and it was selling well. And, you know, we were, we of course needed the revenue and you need the sales anyway, but at the time it's like, it was, the business was new. Um, and, and so it was, it was down and, um, no, no reason given as to why just down uh, ASIN is like you didn't get an email nope, or nothing. a message. You just, just get on one yep, day and say, it's, "Oh it's, shit, my shit's not selling." Yep, I think I think it was uh, the term is suppressed, right? So it just it means it's not up, it's not selling, it's gone, as far as the consumers is concerned. And so um, we're trying to find out why. Can't find out why they like we are contacting anyone that we could contact at the time, which Amazon had even less infrastructure in place in the sports nutrition space. I mean. They've gotten better now. I think they're still understaffed uh, for it, which is why, for example, that you have someone in India deciding if my account gets turned back on. You know what I mean? Now, I know it's going to get turned back on. Like we have people in Amazon, we have account reps and stuff, but even like it's not up to them. It's up to some random person in, in mm -hmm. India, which and we've had our our worst interactions have been with their Indian teams. Oh, wow. And that's not I mean, I'm not even saying that as anything against Indian people, but. I'm saying that against Amazon's Indian teams because it's <laughs> rough where they don't really even understand English and you're trying to like, you know, get things going again. Right. So, um, so anyways, we don't know, we have no idea why three to four weeks have gone by now. Right. So we're, where we, oh, we get, shit. so we're still, we're trying to call and you don't really, you don't really have anybody to call. But so at this trying. point, are you thinking like, fuck, I got to start a new business? Um, well, no, it's just that product, that product, <laughs> oh, okay. you know what I mean? So I, again, I, I figured that I mean, we'll figure it out if we just keep going, but we're still just in the dark, right? So um, so what it actually took is, so it's been three to four weeks and I, I don't remember the specific numbers, but we've lost, uh, I mean, it, it's at least, it's definitely five figures in, in sales at this point, right? Um, and still have no communication even as to what's wrong. Why did you take this down? And uh, it was kind of just like, you know, not sure. And then just, just, just passing the ball off to, oh, we have to check with this department and then they have to check with this department. And it was just going around in circles. And so this is just serendipity. Randomly, one of my, uh, my, my, a guy who had read one of my books and liked it, 
his brother-in-law was the head of HR for Amazon, like globally, right? Oh, wow. So his, Thank God. <laughs> so, so he reaches out to his brother-in-law and, and says, hey, um, you know, there's, uh, there's this guy at a supplement company. I like his stuff. He's a good guy. You know, this is a good product. Um, and it's just down. Nobody knows why. He's not getting any help. Can you help? So essentially, that uh, I forget the guy's name, but um, he's, he is, or, or at least he was at the time, the head of HR for Amazon Global. He got involved and which has nothing to do with his job, but just because he has clout because he's one of their big executives, he was able to get to like some people that um, were at least involved in this uh, in the sports nutrition space on Amazon and uh, help us find out what was wrong. And what it was in, in the end was uh, that there are two claims that you cannot you cannot mention anything about growth hormone. And in the uh, in the in the copy, uh, there was it had mentioned that there was research that indicated that um, ornithine, if taken, if I remember correctly, if taken before exercise, can increase growth hormone production uh, during exercise. Not that I even it wasn't even like a big sale. It was just a like a random little thing, like almost it was, it's not like a pushing. Like that's why you should take this. Pre workout. <laughs> yeah. It was just in there as like uh, oh that's kind of interesting. You know right. what I mean? Um, so that's why that's why they took it down because and, and it was flagged. It. it was flagged because they had a flag. If, if any supplements are talking about growth hormone, yeah, just take them down. And then for I, what I don't know is why no one cared to even tell us why, or that's just a mystery. Mm. But that was why it was because it said growth hormone in it, and they're like, and uh. it got flagged, and it was like, yeah, whatever, turn it off. Any idea on how long that would have kept going had you not? It's a good question. Yeah, wow. I don't know. It, yeah, it could have been. It could have been months because wow. we have subsequently had that before. We've had products go down for six to eight weeks with no clear, like trying to work through why this, hmm. and, and that's with actually at that point, having some people on what's called their seller performance team, having some actual people to work with who are themselves trying to find out because they have, and again, it's getting more integrated and it's getting better, but at that time also, um, their, their teams were very compartmentalized. So like only the people that that were had the power to actually fix your account were very you could never reach out to them and only certain people could even reach out to them within Amazon so it's like they're kind of off in an ivory tower and they could they they work on their own priorities and their own like if if they kind of care they're, they're going to work mm -hmm. on it if they don't care you know what I mean mm -hmm. um holy and, shit and so so again we've gone through it so much we're like now I you know the process. I, I know the process, and and I know also like I'm I, I know that you know it'll get it'll get fixed because now I'll say that Amazon they've definitely invested quite a bit of uh, you know just resources into improving things on the seller side because that's been that's Jet's whole USP. Jet you know Jet Walmart bought Jet for Jet was around for eighteen months. Walmart bought him for three billion dollars. Um, and Jet's USP, big USP, and I know from um, my partner Jeremy, like we're do, we're kind of partnering with Jet, so to speak. They want to they want to like make us their featured supplement brand, basically. And their big USP is is um, actually more to the sellers. Like they're saying, you know, for the consumers, they have good prices. Jet does. They they don't have the shipping like Amazon does, but that's a Amazon's losing a lot of money on their shipping. Kind of mm -hmm. curious to see where that goes. Oh wow, interesting. They, I mean, they're spending billions of dollars a year just on shipping people stuff because I mean, it's insane, dude. Free same day shipping for Prime members. Dude, I ordered yeah, all of fuck? my home gym equipment through them because you know how expensive it is to ship. Yeah, no heavy shit. ass shit. So I was yeah. like, perfect. Yeah, same. Yeah, I, I, I have Bowflex dumbbells at home and stuff. I like bought everything I can off Amazon, free shipping, but free same day shipping with Amazon. Like that's nuts, right? Yeah. Do you um, think they did that mainly so that way they corner 
people's search, like to, to get a product. Like, Absolutely. It's instant right? gratification, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, so they'll they, take you know, the they, they took out they all patent, that money. Have you seen, have you heard about their patent with the floating like uh, Zeppelin of shit with the drones that'll, that'll, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm actually serious. They took out a patent for it. So they'd have, uh, it's like, it'd they would have a big a floating, floating warehouse, like a, like a, <laughs> like a big, uh, you know, dirigible floating in the sky full of, product and and that drones would deliver your stuff so like you'd have it you know within an hour it's like x-men the jetsons <laughs> bro we're this close to the jetsons <laughs> so so one of jet's big usps though is is Hover we ships. treat sellers well like we actually care about your business like we you, i'm not even familiar with jet i've never jet.com oh yeah. wow and yeah. they sell yeah school us on this a little bit because so, i so i mean they're just they're that's this is walmart's play this is sorry this is walmart's uh, amazon play oh so, um, because I mean, I would assume. Oh, right? I fucking love it. Walmart is probably they probably hate Amazon, right? They probably because I mean, what company has been hurt more with oh Amazon my God, than Walmart? You're right. Yeah. And uh, and so Walmart has obviously the resources to to fight back. So this mm. is this is like their first. This is their overture. Uh, you know, in in the war with Amazon. I did not jets. know this. Yeah, and they're pouring a lot of money. Like so, um, so in working with them, uh, you know, we send their prices and you always have to let people know, like, you know, we're, go we're going up on bodybuilding, we're going up on GNC. And one of the first things we have to talk about is margins. Like my cost of goods is much higher than average. I spend a lot more than the average company does to make every single one of my products. Yeah, you were saying, you were talking about this a lot yesterday and you were saying how a lot of supplements have such these massive margins and then they use all that money to spend on fucking with other supplement companies or on or just marketing just mar just all goes to marketing yeah like my marketing spend is on average like 14 to 15 percent of revenue and that's fairly low for supplements like you'd normally find probably closer to 25 percent of revenue goes back into acquiring customers and that's because you're spending more on your product yeah and then also um we have we have we have a very good like our churn rate is much lower than than average for the industry as well so you know we do a good job keeping the customers that we get which and we're continually working on that to to keep because that's where i mean uh, from a business model perspective um it's much your existing customers are much more profitable than than you know new customers and it's it's very hard and it's very expensive to get new customers so it's actually pretty stupid to spend a lot of money on customer acquisition and not really pay attention to customer retention and not really take care what of what company people. was it that really put that together first i remember where did i read that talking about how we, we fo focus for so long on acquisition versus retention who who was that do you remember i don't know i mean I've, it's that's just one of those little things that in in i've read it in so many random business books and marketing books it's like at this point it's a cliche even though um still a lot of companies i think are behind the curve and they're they so focused on just acquiring customers when if they, they got a big hole in the bucket man they keep exactly. filling it with water yeah if you look at it that way exactly so it would be much smarter for them to divert uh time and money away from customer acquisition and put it into making the customer experience better how wow. can you make mm -hmm. your existing customers happier and how can you keep them coming back that's much easier to do how hard is it to be uh to have integrity in the supplement industry with your competitors i mean how difficult is it i mean if i'm it's it's the it's gonna be the it sounds like it's the pr answer but for me personally it's not hard but i and the reason why i say that is because i'm not willing to just sell myself out for money basically like i, I just couldn't be that person um where and maybe it's because i'm not a very financially motivated person like sure i mean i have nice things, but I'm, I don't live extravagantly. I don't, that, that's not my thing. It's not like I, I don't have a Lamborghini or something mm -hmm. like that. I don't really care about that shit. 
Um, and I mean, I, I, sure, I have some nice things and I am more like I have a nice house and because I have a family, like I care about that kind of, it's not that I don't care about having nice things, but it's not like I'm just dreaming about, you know, being able to stunt on the fucking peasants and shit with, you know, <laughs> and, fill, and fill my arms up with like Hermes fucking bracelets and like you know squashing like, everybody. Yeah, exactly. I find but, though some of the most successful people we talk to are more like that. Very, very I've rarely. Right, right. Normally Purpose with, driven. Yeah. Right, exactly. I feel like the, the other way is so short lived. Right, I yeah. think the guys that uh, do really, really big things are—they're not. It's not about the the dollar amount, right? Yeah. So, what drives you? That's a good question. Um, I'd say first and foremost, I, I honestly really just like to work. So there's always like, for me, um, what do you think that is though? When you say that, like, I love I love breaking that down. Yeah. Like, what because I enjoy work. Yeah. Is it the your competitive nature with yourself? Is it the uh, the process of taking something from nothing and building it? Like, what is it that you enjoy so much about work? Accomplishing goals. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's that. There's like the standard, right? I think that happiness comes from like making progress toward, you know, knowable and meaningful goals. I mean, everybody says that, but I do, I do think that's true. I think it's not something that you can pursue so much as that like it ensues from how you live and what you do. Um, so I think it's, it, for me, it'd be very hard for me to, to be happy as a person if I weren't, making every day making progress toward toward goals that i've uh, mm. you know that that means something to me um so so there's that i think there's also something um to be said for i find that like that's the maybe one of the easiest activities for me to kind of get in that flow state especially if i'm doing work that i enjoy i mean you guys know you always there are always things you got to do that you don't want to do that's part of the that's just the nature of everything right i mean in any area of life it's not just work some of the things right. Like, but that thing, that's one of the things that separate successful people from unsuccessful people is the su successful people generally do a lot of the things that other people don't want right. to do. You do the things you have mm -hmm. to do now so you can do the things you want to do later. Exactly. Right? Right. And you me. reframe it so you enjoy the process. Totally. Because there's a making, purpose there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, sure. Do I really enjoy, you know, uh, I mean, take just even the stuff I was on phone calls this morning and going over, take this Amazon stuff. Like, yeah, of course I don't enjoy doing, you know, that stuff, but you got to do it. It's whatever. There's a, there's a reason why I'm doing it. That's like a stupid example, but, um, so, so. And it all started with writing. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, like writing is, is that right? So I find, I really enjoy, I enjoy, I enjoy researching and I enjoy writing and I, well, I'd say that now I kind of extend that to, a, I like creating content. So, mm. Um, I do particularly like writing, but, um, you know, I'm kind of ramping up my podcast, doing a few episodes a week and putting more time into it. And that process is fun to me. Like I like create, I like the creative side of that. How do you, how do you get inspired? Is there like a process that you kind of go to a certain place or do you That's like surround question. yourself right. with you people? You mentioned flow state. Yeah. Um, not, not really, but I may be missing out in in that regard, I've thought about that because it's something I've, I've come across multiple times in various books that I've read. Like I think of, uh, there's a book, um, was it daily habits or something? It was a book that it was like basically short chapters on, um, a bunch of just luminaries throughout history, creative people, um, philosophers, uh, entrepreneurs, blah, blah, blah. And what were their daily routines like? Um, it, it has a red card. I don't remember the, the title, but something daily routines blah, 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 was, the, was the title and then it had some subtitle, right? And that was definitely a recurring thing is that a lot of people, especially creative type people, they 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 have an environment that they kind of craft that, that uh, mm -hmm. you know, where they, where they find they work most efficiently. And I probably could improve in that regard because, I mean, I, I inevitably end up doing most of my work in the office, just in my, in my little office, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. Um, you just wake up in the morning. What do you do? Work out first? Yeah. So I go to the gym first. I like Infrared that. sauna. I do that at night, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. So mm. work out, come home. 
yeah. lock yourself How in How long have you been lock- doing that, the infrared sauna? Um, well, I just got it actually. So it's only been a few weeks, mm. um, but you know, I'm, I'm excited for it just because like of uh, the, the science on it. Like right. it's legit. No, it, I mean, yeah. there's- We were fascinated. We yeah. literally, we're we on the same kick it. right now. Yeah, we just yeah, got yeah. it, what, last week ourselves. So. Yeah. No, 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 he's talking about- inf- yeah, uh, the, the sauna, sauna, sauna version, but yeah. Uh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but hot, cold contrast is excellent. The cold dips are fucking amazing. I do cold showers every morning. Yeah, raises testosterone in the short term. Yeah, I mean, I've, uh, I mean, I had uh, Scott Carney on, do you know, he, he wrote a book, um, what doesn't kill us. So he went and hung out with Wim Hof for a few years and he actually went to like debunk him. I think he was commissioned by Playboy in the beginning really? and he was like, this is bullshit. No fucking way. Right. He's like, no way. And, uh, and then at the end though, he's like climbing Mount whatever with women's underwear and he's fully like, no, no, this is not bullshit. There's, 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 and, and actually it, it, it impacted him so much that, you know, his next thing that, you know, he's working on. Um, I'm sure you wouldn't mind that I say this is, uh, is the, it, the, the, what, what was going on mentally, but almost like it, it kind of opened the door to him to, uh, the idea of a spiritual existence because mm. some of the, some of the stuff that he experienced. Um, so that's like, I guess his next now deep dive is just into altered states of consciousness and spirituality. And like, is it, is it, um, are, are we just talking about, uh, is it all just, you know, biochemical or is there something else to, to, to all of this? When you can, when you can push, I mean, this is, it doesn't matter what it is, but physically, I think, um, testing yourself physically seems to be one of the easier, and I don't mean easy in the sense that it's easy, but it's easy in that you can identify it. Like, okay, if I can push my body to a place that I never thought was possible, yeah. you start to realize that it's a lot more, there's a lot more to it than just the physical, you know, like I'm able to withstand this cold temperature or I'm able mm-hmm. to hold my breath this long or I'm w- able to climb this mountain or run this marathon that I never thought was possible. Um, it, it, you realize that there's a lot more to it than just the, the just your body being able to do particular Well, things. they get into that into uh, in the book Rise of Superman, which I don't know if you've read that mm-hmm. or not, but that's mm-hmm. a great getting into flow state. I and, feel like I've heard of it. I feel like I've come across dude, it on Amazon. Yeah. Excellent read, uh, Stephen Kotler, and it, it was uh, you know they talk about I don't know how much you followed this when you were a kid or not, but I was big into like BMX bike racing and motocross and all, mm-hmm. and I used to watch all that and I watched the evolution of the X Games and everything. And I remember as a kid, I remember watching and going, you know, seeing the first like backflip on a bike, and it was like, holy shit, look at that, it was such yeah, a big they deal, did it. That was right? Like, that was like the right. That was the, that was a big deal, right? And then the five minute mile, right? And then all of yeah. a sudden, a year later, like boom, a double backflip yeah. comes out. Then someone does it on a motorcycle. Yeah. Then the du- and it was like, yeah. we were we were all of a sudden within like a small five ten year window. We are we are surpassing these feats that we hadn't done ever, mm-hmm. and almost possible. like Moore's law, but for just yes, physicality. So, and they actually talk about this in the book, and they say there's nothing else in history that we've ever uh, uh, advanced in that that fast before, and they attribute that to the ability for these athletes to get into this flow state, yeah. and nothing it's so dangerous. That's yeah, the nature it, of the yeah. sport, it's life yeah. or death, yeah, and yeah, so yeah. in these life or death situations, you it's like you turn on a different operating system. Yeah, mm-hmm. What is that? Right, and everything slows down. So it's so it's so very fast when we. Yeah. Were, so last uh, was this week. We were hanging out with uh, Tom Billu, and he bought and he brought Doctor. How do you say his name, Doug? McCown. McCune. 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 Anyway, brilliant guy. And we all had lunch together, and we were talking about uh, the power of the mind mm-hmm. and belief. Mm. And for a long time in medicine and even fitness, uh, it was you know nobody really thought that that was that important. Like it's all about. Um, you know, the physical, the physicality, if you're sick, this is what's wrong with you. It really doesn't have anything to do with your mind. Yep, totally. 
In fact, uh, uh, in medicine, they separated the two or they consider you a quack if you even considered any of yeah. that. Yeah, like anything psychosomatic, if you even try to go down that road. Yeah, it's complete bullshit. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, uh, Dr. McCune works with Dr. Ramachandran, who's the inventor of the mirror box. I don't know if you're familiar with the mirror box. So I feel like I've heard of it, but I couldn't tell you so what it is. So people who have uh, phantom yeah, limb yeah, syndrome. Yeah. Okay, I don't know this. Yeah. If phantom limb syndrome, they lose a, a limb. So my, my arm gets lost in an accident, but they will feel like they still have an arm and mm -hmm. it feels like it's in tremendous pain. So mm -hmm. although they know they don't have an arm, they can see it's not there. Mm -hmm. Their brain is perceiving this tremendous pain. And many times they feel like they have this real clenched fist uh, uh, with their, their arm that's missing. And what he did is uh, Dr. Ramachandran uh, invented a, and he invented it. It's a very simple device. It's a literally a box with a mirror on it. And they put their, you know, whatever, what's remaining of their arm in it. And then they would put their other hand on the other side. So they see the reflection of their other hand yep. and see that they, it looks like it like tricks their brain to believing they have a hand. And then all of a sudden they feel their hand relax and release because their brain is associating with that. So we were having a conversation on that particular topic and then I wrote it down. So I'm going to look it up real quick. There's this other condition that I found absolutely fascinating called RSD. I'm not quite sure what that uh, stands for. But it's this condition where, uh, let's say I break my finger and it heals. I get this crazy sympathetic response where I'll get this ridiculous inflammation and uh, in the arm. I'll get like this strange, you know, scaling on my skin, on the whole arm. And they don't, they can't figure out what it is. There's no infection. There's no bacteria. They, they for a long time, it was a massive mystery mm. until they used the box on these people as well. They use the mirror box mm. where the person would put their hand in there mm. and then envision it looking like their mm. you know, normal healthy hand and the fucking symptoms would go away. <laughs> so, so much power in the mind yeah. just to so, overcome the so ailment. Much, so much power in the mind. And yeah. the funny thing is we know this because when we do drug trials, we have to, we have to account for the placebo effect. It's right. such a real thing yeah. that they have to account for it that uh, I think the future of performance and everything is all in the mind. It's yeah, not in the physical. God. I think we figured out the physical. Yeah. It's all has having to do with stuff in the mind. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, Greg know. Knuckles, he came on a podcast um, to talk. He was talking specifically the relationship between strength and hypertrophy, muscle hypertrophy. But he was talking about some steroid research where he had placebos. People thought they were on steroids, but they were on placebos. And you saw comparable results to steroids. Oh, wow. <laughs> Just because they thought oh, they were on yes. steroids. Wow, that's fascinating. Like, I am on steroids. Like, you have to say it every yeah. day. Where's the fake steroids, guys? <laughs> <laughs> we should make a supplement like that, right? Yeah. Just call it that. If you can just convince enough just people. Air. Actually, it's a homeopathic steroids. There is testosterone like in this. It's you know, one Perfect. part per you know five trillion, yeah. but you've got some You know, yesterday, Mike, you said something I thought was really fascinating, too. Um, you really were hesitant to even get into the the fitness realm. Like yeah. you, you had this passion for riding, and you talk to me and share with the audience a little bit because I would have just assumed you were like a hardcore fitness guy always. What made you go that direction? Why were you hesitant? Share with the audience a little bit of that. Yeah. So, um, so I mean, my foray into the space began with self-publishing a book, which was Bigger, Leaner, Stronger. That was in 2012. It was kind of just on a whim. It was a nights and weekends thing. And I was just kind of writing the book, short and simple, something that I wish that I would have had when I started training that would have, uh, you know, whatever, just I would have gotten more out of the time that I put in the gym basically over the first five or six years. And um, I was curious. I didn't know if anybody would care because I was, I had no platform. I had no network. I had no name. I had nothing. I was just some dude um, that, you know, could articulate things fairly well and explain and then say, just do this. And if it works, then that's what matters. Right. So like in the end, that's really what matters. And, um, 
so I, you know, put that up in 2012 and I think the first month it sold like 20 copies. And I was like, oh, cool. Somebody bought my book. Cool. Thanks mom. Your aunts, yeah. uncles, your cousins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, I shouldn't even tell anybody. Oh, really? They were legit customers. Oh, okay. oh, wow. <laughs> all right. Yeah. All right. Thanks Amazon. Yeah. Uh, Let's be honest though. We all know that family are the last ones to buy your shit anyways. Yeah, exactly. yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's totally. true. Not my family. They'll buy all my shit. I know I got 300 sales no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's like that's cool. a 30th of the way onto the almost NYT. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, so anyways, yeah. So uh, I had also put my email address in the book. I'd made, a, I think at the time it was like buildhealthymuscle.com or something like that. It wasn't even really a website. It was just like, oh, whatever. It's a domain. People can email me. And um, so sales then, I, it was maybe 40 or 50 copies the next month. And, and so people would write in, say they actually really liked it and they had some questions and stuff. So I would just answer their questions. And, and then I also ask them like, oh, P.S., if, if you like the book, would you mind leaving a review on Amazon? It's kind of how it started, right? And, um, and so that it kind of grew exponentially initially, which was really just through word of mouth. Uh, cause I didn't, I didn't do anything marketing wise. I mean, I had a different company, I had different work. I was, this is again, something I just randomly did. This and must've been exciting watching. Yeah, this it was. I mean, totally. Cause at the time I had credit card debt cause I was an idiot and I would go <laughs> and or it was, uh, going around. So <laughs> really, cause you're, I mean, you're, you're a, a very successful person in this, uh, in this particular sphere. So at this moment, you're like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing great. I'm swinging the bat. I'm missing. And then this starts happening. Yeah. So, I mean, to be fair, so how that, how the credit card debt came about is, um, so previously, <laughs> so previously my wife's from Germany, right? And so at the time we did long distance for, for two and a half years. Um, so we were together for a couple of years uh, in Florida and then her parents would come and visit um, and she was going to school in Florida. And then, and then she went back to Germany uh, for a couple of years and did long distance. So I would go over there and I, you know, I would travel, um, Sometimes she would come, but usually I would end up going over there every four to six weeks or so. And I mean, um, so I would, we, we're in, I'm in Europe, right? So we just go and waste money on, you know, staying in the nicest hotels and just doing, buying shit. You're in love, right? man. You're trying to impress yeah. your girl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and so I'd come back, right? And my, uh, my dad is an entrepreneur. He's uh, built a couple companies and sold them and made money. He retired for a bit, got bored, got back into business and stuff. So, um, and, you know, I don't know. I don't know why exactly he was even okay with it. But I, w I would go and, you know, spend a bunch of money. And then I would, you know, get money from him, basically. So I was just like a spoiled little, you know, at least I, I wasn't a prick about any. I wasn't like, I wasn't <laughs> uh, your typical arrogant douchebag rich kid or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I was... I was working, I was worked in his company some, and I was trying to find my way in terms of work, like what I want to do. So it's kind of like finding my way slash just having fun. And, but sometimes I would go on these trips and I'd spend enough, like an amount of money where I'm like, I can't ask him for that much money, right? <laughs> so, so I would just ask for like half of it or something, right? And then I'd just like let my credit, just let it build up my credit, just stupid as shit, right? Um, so, so that's where I was at in the beginning. I had stopped that at that point. I got there, I got to a point where I was like, all right, this is enough, right? I think I had like 50 or $60,000 in credit card. Oh debt. shit. Yeah. And I I was like, I gotta, I gotta stop. Um, and, uh, and I, and I gotta, I can't ask my dad to like pay for this. I gotta handle it. I gotta stop. I mean, this is, uh, I, I mean, maybe I was 22 when I, whatever. Right? right. So 23 or something. Um, there it is. Oh, there's a book. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I like that. Um, so, so at that, that then initially with the book kind of making some money, I was like, Oh, pay my credit card down. I like that. Right. So yeah, I was ex actually excited from that, from that perspective. And, uh, along now I'm, I'm much smarter with money. Like at the time I obviously didn't save any money. I was just stupid, but I don't know. But, um, so by the end of the year, by the end of 2012, um, I believe I'd written one or two other books, shorter kind of trial balloons, just some other ideas to kind of see like, Hey, this one's doing well. Um, one of the next one that did really well was a cookbook actually, which still does very well. Oh, interesting. And, um, and I've, I've also subsequently revamped my book several times, which is 
a smart business strategy. Um, not saying, I'm not like puffing myself up. I'm just saying for as a, just a, a something like when you have something that works, reiterating on it and making it making it better. You mm. know what I mean? Um, and so I've done that several times and we're actually took quite a bit of work. Like now were you writing blogs or anything at this time or along the way? Well, um, not really. No. So wow. I had posted like one or two little things on this build healthy muscle website. Um, but otherwise, no, I had really just kind of like, uh, by the end of 2012, I don't remember the exact timeline, but I had maybe two max three books, uh, uh, so Big Leaner Stronger, and then a couple shorter other ones. I believe the, the cookbook was in 2013. I don't remember exactly. Um, but at the end of the year, Bigger Leaner, Bigger Leaner Stronger was selling a few thousand copies a month. and oh, Organically at this yeah, point. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and That's excellent. Word of mouth. And I'll say also a big a big takeaway from, and it's something I've kept in up until now, is um, being, being, like, being helpful to people. So when people write emails when they when they message me on social media if they dm me on instagram like they will hear back uh you're still like that yeah i messaged you and you messaged me yeah, you know right away exactly that's why good yeah. and that was me it's not like an assistant or something mm -hmm. right and i have a couple people that help like my email gets hammered and so i have a couple people that help uh with sometimes they're very filtering it yeah right? very simple questions like but so everyone always gets an answer though you know what i mean where it's like mm. a lot of them actually are fairly simple questions that i've already answered in an article that i've written or a podcast so it's kind of just like oh that's a good question go check this out this will answer your question let me know if you have any you know let me know if it doesn't and then you know but i think this is going to take care of you mm -hmm. but it's just that point of taking care of really taking care of people so up until um you know maybe the last year or so i mean i was spending four-ish hours a day every day and then probably six hours seven hours on the weekends as well it was usually on sunday like i would be off on saturday and then and then so just answering people's communication um and and that I mean, does tremendous things as far as word of mouth goes, because I mean, that's pretty cool. If you just look at it, like you just, you bought some book on Amazon, you read it and you're like, oh, it's a good book. And you have a question you actually heard back and got a really good answer. What a lost art. <clears throat> that is such a lost yeah, art nowadays totally. to be able to do that. Cause, and that's, and those are old school. It makes big impacts. Yeah. Absolutely. That's, that's old school business advice is to be able to do that kind of stuff. Yep. And uh, I think it people doesn't forget. scale, but it's, it's, it's huge. And that's mm -hmm. one of the reasons why it's huge. And it's one of the things that, again, like people, a lot of people don't want to do that right? because it's not it's not sexy well you know? or they or they give right give up right away because like you just said that doesn't scale very well but exactly. it's how you lay a solid foundation totally yeah you know, and that's something i'll never change like that's always going to be the case people will always be able to get answers to questions and get help and i don't ask them to buy anything like i was never pushy the most i ever asked for was like at the point where i, I they were happy with my uh, you know, where they felt like they got their question answered, their problem was resolved. If they liked the book, the most I'd ever ask for is if they wouldn't mind leaving a quick review. And it was just like a PS. It wasn't even pushy. You know what I mean? Mm. Right. Um, and which that, is easy to ask for that when you service someone like that, right? Yeah, when you're exactly. helping, asking questions. It's not it's much like, to ask when a person, right. and so many people have been absolutely, you know, they were probably like, of course I'll leave you. Right. You know, they wouldn't necessarily think of it, but that's like the thing, like that's the least I can mm -hmm. do that you actually took time to help me. Right. Well, a lot of your information does, uh, is counter to the, the, the fitness common knowledge, like where you're, you're, you know, kind of tackling some of the myths that are out there. What brought you along, you know, uh, on that particular t journey? Was it uh, your own training, just your own? Yeah, I mean, it was, I guess, guess my own. I mean, this just kind of ties into finish answering what, what you. Yeah, asked I want him to finish uh, talking about that yeah, because yeah. He, kind of, they kind of go together, right? So, um, so that was that was the beginning is with bigger, leaner, stronger, and I was like, that's really cool, um, but I didn't want to really dive into the fitness industry because I didn't really like a lot of what I saw. I didn't like that there was speaking just to that bullshit. so much bullshit, right, and so many bullshit people um, that instinct like inherent right away if someone is 
um, if someone is just a generally immoral, unethical, bullshit type of person, I kind of instinctively just don't like them. I don't care how much money they make. I don't th- care about how cool right. they are. I don't care if it's a girl, I don't care how good she, you know what I mean? Like that is such a turnoff to me in terms mm-hmm. of uh, who they are as a person where like, I don't even want to be around them. I don't care even what it might get me in terms of self-interest. I really just don't believe in having those people in my life at all. You know right. what I mean? I do not want to be connected to people like that. And I, that's what I saw so much of in the industry. Most of the industry. Yep. And, and, and I also saw that like the way that it's at, what, at least what a lot of people were trying to do to get into the industry is suck up to people like that, right? Because you, you have people, they've put themselves, yeah, sure, they've hustled and they've, they have established um, a platform and they have, like, they have that. I mean, it reminds me of what you were talking about with that book that I want to read where, like, they're one, they are a person that could help something go viral in that sense. Right. I mean, they have that power where if they get behind someone or something, they can make it go. <clears throat> but I didn't want to play that game of, like, again, just kind of, like, uh, soft soaping people that I don't really like. And, and so that was one of the reasons why I was like, if that's what it would take, not interested. Um, and then, and then I would say there's a lot of the, there's a lot about the fitness culture, so to speak, that it also doesn't really resonate with me. I think it's a, a kind of cheesy and in, 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 in some of it, a bit neurotic and narcissistic. A bit. And, oh my God. <laughs> You're being very polite. Yeah, you yeah. are. <laughs> I don't want to demonize. The, I don't want to paint everyone with the, you know, tar. Everyone well, with it's the, the industry. Yeah, I mean, when, when I first got on Instagram, I mean, I'm, you know, me and Adam were talking before we started the podcast and he's like, you got to get on Instagram. You got to get, that's yeah. the place to, to, that's where you promote fitness. And I got on Instagram and I flipped through and I'm like, fuck, no, yeah, like this who is, are these people? this is narcissism hell. And oh, I don't yeah. know if I like this and what's going on. And, yeah. but I mean, you know, obviously you can promote it the way you want to. Exactly. So that's what we try to do. Yeah. And I'm the same way with it. Um, I mean, I, I'm admittedly pretty bad at social media. I'm kind of inconsistent with it. And I don't really like it personally. I don't spend time on it because I'd rather spend time productively. And I don't feel like as an individual, I don't find that productive. Like very, very at, time sucking. Yeah. I mean, I like, I use it to interact with, with, people that want to interact with me you know what I mean mm-hmm. otherwise I don't use it um but but so yeah so that's why I was kind of looking at the beginning and I was just like eh this doesn't this doesn't really seem like I don't want to I, I I don't really want to play that game um so initially uh, my I was thinking I'll, I'll do a publishing company instead and what I'll do is I'll take what I've learned about um because I would say like book marketing starts with the the creation of the book um, ultimately what, what, what makes or breaks a book is word of mouth. Like it doesn't matter how much marketing muscle you have behind a book. Sure. That can get you off the tarmac, but if you, if you're going to, you know, stay up, uh, in, uh, in the, in the, um, if you're going to sell a lot of books over a long time, it's going to be because word of mouth. So it seems of more viral coefficient, right? It seems more, uh, that's more true for books than almost anything. Cause I can think of like right now, like uh, 50 shades of gray mm. totally exploded because yeah. of word of mouth. You know Completely. that story, right? It started as like, so Hitmakers covers that story. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. right? Yeah. Yeah. Crazy it, story. They, yeah, it is. A, it's a, it's a crazy story, but it goes right back into the, what we talked about at dinner the other night about, uh, you know, how things actually go viral and yep. stuff. So Hitmakers actually uses that. That's the book you were, we were talking about. I drew a blank last night when we were at dinner, but uh, they break down the science of exactly how that all happened. And it's really fascinating. It's a yep. very fascinating story, yep. but you're right. I mean, it'll only, if it's, if it's caca, you know, it'll, you may have enough influencers to get it rolling, yep. but even big people, I mean, you can right. have the biggest people and you might be able to come out the gates strong. Sure. You might, you know, you can hit the NYT. You can also just pay to hit the NYT. There's a company, I won't say the name, but you <laughs> basically, uh, what you do is you, you buy your own books and you, you coordinate it through them. And they have people on the ground that go because there's Paul, there's 
hitting NYT is is obviously quantity. There's quantitative, like you need to sell a certain number of books, pre-orders first week, but also distribution matters. Where the books are available and where those books are being sold matters. So like as a self-published author, I mean, I, I have a, a you know, it's just a, it's an S corp and it's, it's a publishing company, but it just is publishing only my stuff right now, which is something I actually still might come back around to my publishing company idea. It just wouldn't be right now. But anyways, so like if I were to publish a book and sell a ton of copies, pre-sales and first week all on Amazon, right? Cause I just drive it um, with email lists and you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that does not mean I'm going to be on the list because the people that, you know, the, the, that keep the list, that curate the list, that decide who gets to be on it. Not, they care also about who published this book, who, you know, what is the gatekeepers? Yeah, actually. So, oh, this is, you know, this is clearly just a, um, this one dude's, you know, thing. And this book is not available in bookstores, um, which getting into bookstores, I mean, it can happen. It's just, um, it's actually something my brother's helping with some book marketing stuff as well. I think, you know, you have to, basically he's going to have to sell a, a buyer at Barnes and Noble to, to put my book into stores. Um, that's how big publishers work. They just have those, obviously they have those relationships. So it's like, what do you got coming? Okay, cool. And they work it out. But if you're a nobody, it's kind of like, what is this? But it has enough numbers behind it. Like a few of the books where they're going to be interested. Um, but anyways, my point is I could sell, I could sell a hundred thousand copies pre-ordered in first week and not be on the list simply because it doesn't really meet their criteria. Self-publishing still has a bit of a stigma, um, as a self-published, uh, author, you know, if, a lot of people would hear that and like kind of scoff and be like, oh, mm. loser, right? <laughs> uh, I'm a writer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, you're like unemployed. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly it, exactly it, right? Um, so, so, so yeah, so there's like, you know, there's a company, what you can do though is you can, you can pay them and so what they, 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 um, you're going to be buying your own books and then, but they send the money goes to people that go into bookstores all over the country to buy your book. And so it looks totally, God damn. So I, I know several people that have done that because they don't, they don't, in one case, he doesn't, he's not a writer. He didn't care. He paid ghostwriters to write the whole book. He just wanted it to, because he, he's on the speaking circuit. And if you, um, if you're an NYT bestseller, uh, especially in the business space, B2B, um, or even just B2C, but if you're, if it's like business related on, you know, entrepreneurial type of speaking circuit, marketing, all that stuff, um, you can raise your speaking rates by anywhere from probably like 30 to 40% if you're an NYT bestselling author, um, just like that, just, just cause it's instant authority. Mm-hmm. Yes. But mm-hmm. because it helps them sell people to come, you know, yeah. like, oh, the NYT bestseller, or so, so-and-so is going to be here. Um, and if you get into number one, it can be 80 to hundred percent. So you can almost double. So you can go from like getting $20,000 an hour to talk to $40,000 an hour just because you have a number one NYT bestselling book. So uh, a buddy of mine, that's what he did and um, spent a million dollars on, on buying his books. Cause he, he was, he was like, I'm, I'm getting that. Right. And, uh, and it actually, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't, he, I think he, I think he hit number four or something. Oh no. The whole thing he was just pissed about. I mean, to be fair, I mean, he, he has, uh, for all intents and purposes, unlimited money. So he didn't care so much about that. He just wasn't happy with how the whole thing went down and whatever. Mm. Um, but so, you know, you can, <laughs> anything's gameable. That's like, that's Oh my like, God. Uh, it's just like you start looking course. behind the scenes, everything you see, it's all fake. Um, that's the supplement industry. It's the fucking wizard that's of the, Oz, dude. Exactly. Wow. Right. So, um, and, the sub- and you're and you're saying fitness is just, that's, and that's, yeah. So the fitness I and mean, looking at it, uh, I, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm more interested at the time. Like I was like, I'm more interested in just books. I mean, I've always liked, I've always I enjoyed school and studying and that's been a thing for me. And I like to read and I was like, and I, and I know that I can do, there are big opportunities, particularly on the internet and and on Amazon as well in their, with their marketing ecosystem um, to do very well actually. And, and to be able to offer the, um, to be able to offer 
deals to to people that are that would have a hard time getting book deals otherwise because especially now big publishers they they really want people like uh, they really want people like like me. Like they want someone that I can go to them and I can say I've sold close to a million books now as a self-published author. I have 400,000 people on my email list. My websites get 2 million visits a month. I have a podcast that does three or 400,000 downloads a month. Like where they know we cannot lose money on this dude. You know what I mean? Right. Like he's already established right. himself as a writer and has a platform. Mm-hmm. And you guys, similar, you could probably, you could get a book deal. It'd be a little bit harder though mm-hmm. of a sell because you, you haven't- Done one before. Done, but you still mm-hmm. could because you have mm-hmm. a big enough, they, they would- you could also, you guys could do it, right? But like, if you did not have a platform and even if you have a fantastic idea that you know is a great idea, very hard to get a deal. Wow. Um, mm. and, and if you do, it's not gonna be, you're, you're, you can, you're looking at a very, very small advance, which is what it is. And, but you know, you know, low royalties, like you have no leverage, you know what I mean? Wow, so what? So, so it was it, just the word of mouth that got you, because you didn't have any of that exactly. when you first started. Yeah, so, and so, but that also again, come, that's still always though what it comes down to. I mean, um, Ryan Holiday, I, I read his most recent book, Perennial, The Perennial Seller, I believe it's, uh, called and I thought it was okay. I liked the, I liked a bit of what he had to say and I and I but I, I agreed with very much agreed with some of what he had to say. And one of the points is that like in the end, if you're if you're gonna create a book that isn't just a flash in the pan, if it's because uh, that's really the goal, right? Is to create something that is gonna still be selling ten years from now. Like what right. Mark like what Mark Ripito has done with starting strength, something like that. Yeah. Like that's yeah. what you want. You want something that's gonna pay you for the rest of your life. Um and uh that doesn't just happen by accident. So um Again, at the time, one of the reasons why the book did very well is because there wasn't a book like that at the time. There wasn't a book that um, was really just breaking down flexible dieting and explaining it in simple terms and giving simple numbers. And here's how to do this. And you start here and here's how you, here's how you renegotiate depending on how your body's responding. And then on you know weightlifting, you don't have to sit in the gym for two hours a day doing bodybuilding workouts and you know doing like a million sets for your biceps every week and stuff like that. You can more focus on the heavy compound stuff. And then you can do some accessory work to bring up depending on what you want to do with your physique. Blah, blah like basic stuff. Yeah, you good, I mean? good information stuff. Yeah, just good information. And again, it was like, this is what I wish somebody would have given me when I first started training. Right. Um, so so I was uh, going to do the publishing company and um, started it, like came up with the name, uh, put, the, put the website there. I was putting it together. And then in that process, though, it's probably a two-month process, kind of putting everything together um, with my with my friend Jeremy. I recruited him to work with me, and we were just talking. And I kind of was like looking at it, and you know, uh, we basically just both agreed that it probably is smarter to there's you know, health and fitness is not only is it huge, but it's just getting bigger, and that. Um, obvious, I mean, not, I just not, some, not took a genius to see that, but yeah, like, you right. know, I just did some research yesterday that the 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 entire health industry, which includes uh, fitness, beauty, and uh, diets and stuff like that, supplements, it's going to be the next. They consider it to be the next trillion dollar global industry. I mean, probably. supplements alone are a hundred billion plus a year globally right now. Yeah, and that's not sports nutrition supplements, but still, sup- I mean, that's insane. Yeah, it so it's 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 a it's a mass it's a monster. Yep. Of an industry. Um, and on the whole, I think it's great. I mean, I think it's great that it's getting, you know, uh, even take something like CrossFit, which, I mean, sure, you can criticize CrossFit, but um, at least it has introduced a lot of people to barbell training. At least it has gotten We've we, made the same argument. That's what yeah. we, we talk about. We did it, one of our first viral episodes that we did was why we don't CrossFit. And we kind of came after them a bit. But we also said, man, a lot of great things is happening. The, the communities that they've built, like yep. the that that idea and concept, I think is they've done beautiful beautiful job. We just had Kelly start on the show the other day. Mm. Uh, the bar, I mean, nobody was 
deadlifting and squatting exactly 10 years ago yeah. i mean we've we've been working in gyms for over 15 years and i mean a week could go by and i would see nobody even get under the under a barbell mm-hmm. under a squat rack so that i mean and i and we attribute crossfit to being a major same, proponent I've, I've spoken about the same or like yeah i mean it's you can always poke holes in in pretty much anything in, in in crossfit on the whole yes it has some systemic problems but um i think it's it also has done a lot of good yeah i think it's done more good than bad i totally agree i totally agree um so so then that that's when we really reevaluated and said okay this is a big opportunity um and it's also is something that i enjoy like and i basically for me how i kind of changed my mind on it is okay i'm willing to do it if i can just do it my way basically and not again play the game of like trying to weasel around and and one like i didn't want to do things that are dishonest and i didn't want to have to associate with dishonest people and so if i could do that if i could make good products so the odds were stocked stacked against i was it. just gonna say which that's <laughs> yeah. fucking hard to do man. yeah i know but i was like that's those are my terms personally that's the um, long game exactly and that's so so i'm okay with uh changing my mind if i can do it that way mm-hmm. and so jeremy agreed and, and you know that's also just kind of the person he is too he has a good moral compass as an individual and he would be the same way like he just wouldn't be okay with um doing what a lot of people are okay with you know mm-hmm. it's just he, that's not him um so that's when we kind of pivoted and then started working on muscle for life which then launched in like march of 2013 and that from that point forward it was kind of like full time on writing for muscle for life and working on more books and then jeremy um because in the beginning so like i thought uh that marketing like that's i kind of gave that to him and said because he um he was kind of like a one of the one of the lost boys at that time, right? So like he grew up in a family with a lot of money, and he had worked in their in the in the family company for a bit and tried different things and didn't really find his way. And he was um, at the time, I want to say he was like twenty or twenty one, right? And I uh, didn't really know what he wanted to do. And so, but he's very smart and he uh, can learn very very well. He's a very high aptitude, high IQ kind of person, um, and 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 also. Um, good at execution like he gets things done you know what i mean and so i saw everybody needs one of those (laughs) everybody needs a jeremy that's true um and so i saw that in him and so i recruited him and kind of told him like all right so and he respected me just because um i mean yeah i I, despite having my kind of bon vivant days a little bit of my european debt accumulation he saw he also saw that like i'm actually a pretty conscientious individual like i do work hard and i get things done and i i tend to I don't go too off the rails as an individual, right? So, um, so you know, I told him like, okay, you're gonna you're mar- you're gonna learn marketing. That's what you that's what you need to do. You need to become a really good marketer, and I think you're gonna like it. I think it fits your personality. There's a you know uh, always new things to learn, always new things to do, and once you figure something out, uh, that's very easy to then you you kind of delegate things out once you have things working. But you know, very good marketers are very good at ideation. They're very good at like coming up with theories on on what might work and then doing it and then quantifying it and seeing what happens right and that's uh there it's hard to find people that are really good at that um so so that was like i kind of threw him in just said okay and here's some resources at that time i was i always said i I would say i was a decent marketer i had decent marketing instincts kind of a generalist because i had dabbled in the internet marketing space uh, more from the educational side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so so we kind of then at that point was like, okay, so he had to learn marketing, right? So through Muscle for Life, that was kind of the beginning. And then we started working on Legion that year as well, um, putting it all together. Uh, if I remember correctly, it was about six months of work to go from like the decision to get into supplements to actually launching. 
So did did everything go accordingly? Was this like the vision and the plan, or did you did things just unfold? I mean, did you see it? So um, I definitely okay. So what, what at that time, what I saw was that I knew there's an opportunity in supplements, and 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 I. Believe. Now, what was the opportunity that you saw? So it was one to scratch my own itch, honestly, to make products that I myself wanted, um, good products that I knew ultimately would just come down to like uh, spending more on them than most people would and spending that money intelligently, which means finding people that were uh, very knowledgeable and uh, giving them almost carte blanche. Like that's how that's how we still do it now is like, um, you know, there's, there's one person that I, I can't say who it is yet. Um, but you know, very, very smart. I mean, people would know if you knew, if I were to say who it is, a lot of the people, if you follow supplementation, you know who this guy is very, very bright. And so kind of tell him, Hey, um, let's do a, so like whatever it is, multivitamin pre-workout, blah, blah, blah. And we start with no, no budgetary, um, restrictions. Like don't even just make the ultimate you know, multivitamin. Mm, what that's would that, the starting point. Yeah, what would that look like, right? And then, and then we get it costed. And like in the case of the pre-workout, I remember specifically, it came back at seventy dollars a bottle, our cost. It's <laughs> 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 like, uh, yeah, okay. The first two hundred dollar pre-workout. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wonder if somebody would buy that. Somebody would buy that. Right. What the uh, hell was in there, man? Yeah. Unicorn gold. Dust. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Gold. Um, gold cocaine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you if gold dust that, there's a there's a market for that. For there sure. is. Like, I I saw, I oh, saw yeah. some, I saw some news story. I think Excuse it was around here. It was like Silicon Valley where some, some $700 head restaurant where they're, you're eating like steak with gold flakes Just and gold shit. Flakes. Hey, if people are going <laughs> to so shit pay, gold too, right? Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm that's, saying. People yeah. will pay for it. There are some people, maybe in this, maybe that, maybe <laughs> as in the Silicon Valley. There's a status yeah. to that. Yeah, yeah there is. Yeah. Where you like, you want to make sure everybody knows that's, gold that's what inside. you're taking. When we turn off the mics, we'll come up yeah. with that product yeah. together. This has gold in it. You're too poor. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not for poor people. It's not for you. You know who you are. For poor people, uh, if this is for you, that's the tag. Uh, How bad do you want to get in shape? Yeah, yeah. Will you yeah. spend all your money. Yeah, exactly. Oh yes. my god. Um, so, so then now, what we have to do though from there is um, find out. Okay, what are the dr- cost drivers in terms of the ingredients? Where and there's and and we've run into that multiple times where it's usually one or two ingredients in particular that are just super expensive. So, like for our greens supplement, we wanted anthocyanins and we wanted a good dose of anthocyanins. Turns out it's absurdly expensive to get a good dose of anthocyanins just because it's very expensive to to produce them and extract them from the, the berries, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, so that, that alone was going to be $30 a bottle. We're like, okay. okay. So, so we have two options now. We can, we can, pixie dust uh, with some, you know, and so just, just says it on the common. label. Explain yeah, that, by the way. So that's mm-hmm. like just including a very small, ineffective dose, not nothing, a nominal dose of something, simply so you can put it on your label. How common do you think that oh, is? everybody does. <laughs> right. I mean, it's like, it's such a thing. Um, whenever you see proprietary blends, like there it is, you know what I mean? That, that's what that is. So, you know, mm-hmm. proprietary blends, it's, 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 when you're looking at what's in there, it's, 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 uh, it's listed by weight. So whatever is, you know, first on the list, that's what it contains the most of. Right. Mm-hmm. But what you don't know is that you, the proportions, it's not like those are all uh, in equal doses. I mean, it could be 99% maltodextrin in that in the beginning of that prop blend and then have nine other ingredients and those all could be like a milligram each. Um, so, so yeah, that's pixie dusting is putting a, a little bit of something in there just so you can say, oh, and it has you know, blah. And that's really, you know, you know, that's, you know, that shit's good for you. Uh, <laughs> it has peptides. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Molecules. 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 HMB. So, so, so yeah. So, you know, we, then what we can do is we can, we could do that. 
or we can just get rid of it. So we always just get rid of it. Like if we, if it, if it gets below the, the clinical effect of dose, then we just have to kill the ingredient. Mm -hmm. So then there's a balancing game. Which takes some integrity to do that, right? Yeah, I mean, you probably would sell more to be able to probably. say we've got this in here, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. But, but so, so I look at it, I mean, one, there's a moral component to me, which is kind of non-negotiable, but even if that weren't the case, even if I was more just like a greedy capitalist about it, <laughs> I look at it and I go, okay, Sounds yes. like Smeagol there for a second. <laughs> That's how all capitalists are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. Shekels. Um, so, so I, you know, I could say well, maybe it would it would help me acquire cus more customers possibly because it might make for a little bit sexier of a pitch. Although, I mean, in, in my experience, a lot of people they don't quite understand. Even if you try to go out of your way to to explain the ingredients and what they are and why they're in there and why you put them in this doses, a lot of people aren't tremendously interested in that actually um they're kind of buying it more on um it's i would say like that they just trust me for example mm -hmm. a lot of people just buy the stuff they just trust that i'm producing a good product even though if you look at my website if you look at um any of the sales pages they're pretty i mean i they're long form and they really break everything down and really explain every ingredient but you know with heat with uh, i believe it's heat mapping is what you use for that eh. well you can see yeah it'd be a, it's a i guess like a function of the heat mapping where you can see how far down people scroll mm -hmm. um on average maybe 30 or 40 percent even make it to the bottom of the sales page and you know it's really starts to drop off right around like right when you start getting into the details of the product. So uh -huh. a lot of people are kind of just buying This builds it like, muscle and burns fat. Yeah, and Find like, out how, I don't need to. Yeah, there's like, yeah. <laughs> if he says it. Yeah, yeah. 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 They're, they're, and, and I understand. I mean, that's just the nature of sure. you know consumer psychology. But that makes you, you feel responsible, which is good. Well, yeah, and a lot of people actually appreciate that though. And that has won me a lot of very educated and discerning consumers that will specifically even email in to be like, you know, it'll be some PhD and he'll uh, really actually appreciate that, you know, I, we have taken the time to really lay this product out in the formulation. Of course, it's all not all trans, not just all transparent in terms of what's in there and what amount, but also why, like, why is this in here and mm -hmm. what's the relevant research and why even that dose, like wh how you say that's a clinically effective dose, but where's the research? What are you basing that on? You know what I mean? So, um, cause again, like how I've gone about it from that perspective is I want to, that's who I was I wanted to meet that standard where I could have someone like the guy that I work on the formulations with, um, you know, I wanted to, someone like him to be able to read that copy and not be able to tear it apart. You know what I mean? Be like, that's solid. Like, There's a lot that goes into trying to make uh, a good, decent product. And it's so easy to not do that. Yeah. I mean, um, and you're not even talking about like, like lying, like just flat out lying like a lot of supplement companies do. I remember reading these these some of these these early independent lab reports on these supplements and I was I was blown away. I was you know I was I was a young kid. I'll take all the you know I'd be taking supplements yeah, left and right. Same. I just and, I used to spend hundreds of dollars a month on. Yeah, and I'd read this report and it's like uh oh this is the best one in testing and it had 70% of its label. I'm like that's the best one? Yeah. The best one at 70%? Yeah. I mean how how, how widespread is that? Have you actually gone out and yep. tested other products to see not other products um just cuz I guess I don't really care. I probably know what's, but I test my own. Yeah. Like, uh, I use Eurofins, which is a big respected lab um, and it's expensive, but you know, we do once or twice a year uh, around, we do like spot checks um, because- You want to make point, sure the manufacturer- I've done, yeah, exactly. And I, but I've done the full, you know, and it, I would say, I think the last time I did full was like $30,000 to get everything tested. Um, but I just, you know, it's, peace of mind for me to know that, you know, I know what I'm ordering, I know what I want and I know what I'm paying for, 
But, um, and I, and at this point I actually very much do trust my manufacturer. They are, they have a very good reputation and they work with very, very big, not just sports nutrition, but like pharmaceutical companies and shit. Like they mm -hmm. don't fuck around. They're actually good guys, but still, I mean, it's just a matter of quality control. Um, because I actually have caught a couple of times where, and this was, this is not them trying to fuck me, but where they had gotten, for example, they were supposed to be a, the, like an extract was supposed to be standardized for a certain molecule to a certain amount. And they didn't get that or they messed up on their raw purchase. And so it's not that it didn't have you know, what I wanted mm -hmm. in there. It just wasn't in the amount that I wanted. Um, so I have caught that. That was one time on one product and then it hasn't happened again. So, I mean, that I wouldn't have otherwise known and it wasn't them trying to fuck me at all. And it wasn't, it was mm -hmm. just like a, a an honest, mistake. yeah, an honest mistake, purchased the wrong raw. And know? sometimes uh, when you, when you take a product and you'd be like, oh, it doesn't work. Sometimes it's not because the ingredient that's, that it lists isn't, uh, isn't effective. Sometimes because it doesn't have any in it. So then, yeah. you know, now you're like, oh, creatine doesn't work. I tried it and it doesn't work. Well, what you were taking didn't have yeah, any creatine. Yeah, no, like maltodextrin doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I experienced this. So we don't we don't promote supplements that often. In fact, yeah. we're some people say we're anti, but we're we're not anti, we're just anti bullshit. Yeah. And uh, there was one particular- We're also in, in order of operation. So that's yeah, what we, what's we, the we, most important. Like, it's you like, know? Yeah. you know, if you're not fucking eating correctly, you're programming shit and you're taking all the best supplements in the world, what the fuck is it really doing for totally. you? Totally. Right. So that's, that's part of like the sales pitch of, I mean, I, that's like on my website. And like this, you know, supplements do not build a great physique. And just that point, you have to know. And I really tell people, and this is built into sales pitches, like supplementation is for if you have the budget and you have the inclination. And um, I would say that I do- personally like and i more strongly recommend actually just a few things for for health purposes like right. an omega-3 supplement i mean i personally do fish oil um vitamin d depending on your levels you know you can get tested and know most mm -hmm. people though have to supplement with uh, a fair amount of vitamin d even even now that we know that vitamin d sufficiency is a bit higher than you know once what we once thought where most people probably need to take anywhere from 2,000 to 5,000 I use a day to be, you know, at the upper levels of where you want to be. Like, what do you think about the the whole like, oh, 10 minutes of sun exposure and you'll get all the vitamin D that you need? I mean, as f I've, I've read up a fair amount on this. Um, so that's where I'm coming from. But from what I've read, and this is also according to like uh, Dr. Michael Hollick, his, I mean, he's like the vitamin D guru, right? He spends mm -hmm. his life's work studying vitamin D basically. And um, yeah, if, if I remember correctly, it was about like 15 minutes per day with at least 70% of your skin exposed. Um, also it depends on where you are, like, uh, equatorial, uh, right. equatorially. Um, so. And your skin, t skin color and all that stuff. Yeah. And, and how exactly there's that as well. Like how much melatonin, uh, how dark or light your skin is. And so, yes, if you were to do like 15 minutes with most of your skin exposed every day, you might be fine. Basically. Yeah. But how many people but who does actually, that? Yeah. Who walks out like, in their underwear? Oh, yeah. Right. I got, I got to go do, for 15 minutes in their underwear. I and do. Get and, sun. And, well, yeah. <laughs> just you. Of course I do it all the time. Yeah. Uh, and then there's winter. Yeah, if you're in a state that has a winner, right? And, and so. another factor is cholesterol. You're 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 you, you have to have a certain amount of cholesterol yes, in your body to true. synthesize yeah. vitamin D. So if you're on a statin or you have really low cholesterol, people never talk about the dangers of low cholesterol. One of them is uh, you're much higher, you're much more likely to have a vitamin D deficiency. Vitamin D acts like a hormone in the body, by yep. the way. Yep. In fact, I've heard some like every cell has a receptor. Yeah, I've heard people actually say vitamin D should be classified as a hormone. Yeah, I mean that was that's Michael. That was one of Michael Hollick's big. I mean that came from his research, like that revelation that wait this isn't just like a bone vitamin like we thought this is there's a bit more to this what's yeah. funny to me is uh well they'll have populations who will use like shit tons of sunscreen and they'll reduce they'll see a small drop in skin cancer but that you'll you'll see an increase in all other, of other cancers chronic, issues, chronic yeah. illnesses and, and chronic stuff. illnesses yeah. because of the vitamin d, you know vitamin d deficiency yeah yesterday we were talking about uh just your own 
personal motivation with fitness and how it switched from I guess when you were younger, like a lot of us, it was to get, you know, look a certain way. Yeah. And to, now impress much, yeah. <laughs> to impress Let's girls. To impress be honest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's much more health focused, but as a side effect, you're noticing great aesthetic results yeah uh, as well yeah i mean when did that transition happen for you um you know that's a good question uh, I, I would say that uh, along the way um i mean i've always been cognizant of of my health uh when i was never really a hypochondriac but i was, mm-hmm. wasn't worrying about you know is everything i'm eating gmo free and gluten-free and blah 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 um, but I generally would eat well and grew up playing sports and never really had any, any, any physical or health issues. So it wasn't really something that ever occurred to me. I just had good habits, I guess. Uh, and so, um, I, I would say there wasn't a major shift, uh, because I feel like, you know, for the last probably four years or so, uh, three or four years, I've been pretty happy with my physique and I haven't like, sure, I've, I've worked, I wanted to work on certain things just for the sake of having a game. Like, you know, at least I'm working towards something. In some cases, it was more performance-based, like certain numbers on my big lifts. And in other cases, it was more just like uh, ha- having more calves, which is probably a waste of time. But I'm still trying. Oh, man. Uh, and <laughs> Join the club, bro. the calf <laughs> pity party here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 you're, you're, you're good. Uh, <laughs> that's like five times a week bro <laughs> yes, I, I put some volume into these guys dude you you might be surprised you got sal calves yeah. oh, come man. up with a calf i still i'm still yeah. <laughs> right game idea. over right there yeah. dude yeah that's it um and so yeah there wasn't a there wasn't a major Beautiful, there wasn't bro. a major shift so i've been pretty happy with where my physique is at and also i think i have a good sense of what is actually attainable naturally like yeah sure there are if I were to get on the right cycle, I would like I would like how that looks. Absolutely, that's true. Um, and but I know that like yeah, that's only happening with 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 drugs. If I I know that I mean even just given if we, if we want to be scientific about it, like using Casey Butts's uh, inform- research on on maximum muscular potential, given my uh, wrist wrists and wrists and ankles, right? Maybe, I've done this. There's like a calculator online, right? Yeah, I have one on my info? site. Yeah, yeah. Oh, do you? Mm-hmm. Maybe it was on your site that I did it. Maybe it might have been. Yeah, um, it'll tell you what your potential as yeah. your natural potential yeah yeah we have we have a couple up there based on a couple models and um have you reached yours no so uh and that's where uh, like uh but also there's something though my weight is strangely low so i weigh like 192 193 okay and it's not because i don't train legs like my, my <laughs> legs my calves suck but uh but my upper legs are pretty portionate with my upper body we have a, like me I, and you have a similar build you're a little heavier yeah. than i am but we have a very similar build yeah yeah it's, yeah exactly you're a little more broad than i am yeah. yeah um so but but like people will guess my weight they usually guess me you know, 10 ish pounds heavier. They'll guess me more around 200, 205. Even like when I was at Universal Studios years ago, there was a, a girl, she was, I don't remember what kind of booth, but she used to run the weight guessing booth, oh, right? Yeah. And like if they guess you wrong by X number of pounds, you win something kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh, and so just, just randomly, I was like, how I, I was like pretty lean, uh, but I was smaller as well. It was the first time I really got lean. And I was like 183, 184 at the time. And so she guessed me like 196 or something yeah. like that. So my weight has always been a bit strangely low. Even guys I've worked out with um, that I, you know, I'll be a bit bigger than everywhere, but I'll be like seven pounds lighter, right? So taking that into account, um, I would like according to the calculators and the models, apparently at about at about 10%, I could weigh 215. I don't think that's the case. Oh shit. I don't think that's the case. Mm-hmm. I mean, just because again, I know my weight is is strange. I do think though that I could probably be 10 pounds heavier. I do think if, and it would probably take a few years of like, and I'd have to be in a surplus for a lot of that time and have to, you know, just do do the thing. 
and, and really push my volume and really work hard at it, I think I probably could walk around it now, get to like where I'm at with my body fat right now. I probably could be 10 pounds heavier if I wanted to. Um, but I'm not, I'm kind of happy again with where I'm at. Yeah, there's, you know there's I mean? a bit of a trade-off, I think, when Absolutely. you start to push those limits. You know For sure. I mean? And then that that also comes into the health issue where like um, I'm more concerned. That what Actually, what has changed for me, I, and, and if I look at it like three or four years ago, even five years ago, is I've noticed that my recovery is a little bit worse. It's not bad, but like I can't push myself as hard, especially on heavy squat deadlift. Um, I see it mostly there. Mostly I'm on heavy squatting and deadlifting. I can't push the volume as much as I could four-ish years ago, you know, with, with heavy weight. I know it's the same thing. I have to be a bit My more, hips start to bother yep. me, elbow stuff. It's yep. like once you start it's, really- it's Knee or like, some, you know, just- Get off my lawn. Yeah. yeah. Like a bunch of driving too fast. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's yeah. the, that's what I've noticed. So okay. also if I look at what would it take um, to, to gain that that muscle, if I'm going to do it most efficiently, um, you know, I probably would deal with some nagging, just nagging joint stuff and things that where I'm like, eh, I, I I don't feel compelled to do it. And I, and I, and I also at this point want to make sure that- um, I want to do everything I can to not get hurt. And, uh, you know what I mean? Cause I like training. I like, I like things where they're at right now. What does your mobility training look like? Uh, I do yoga actually for, that's what I do. I do, um, an hour of yoga a week. And so b- before that I was doing like vinyasa, just a regular vinyasa. Yeah, vinyasa. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and before that I was doing an upper and lower body mobility routine, but I found yoga more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And, um, in some ways I'm getting more out of yoga than I was out of the mobility work. It's the mindfulness say. aspect of yoga. That's yeah. my, that's my, do you, do you do like a legit, like the mindfulness practice with it? Or is it just, a- I actually prefer, you know, that even when you go into like meditation, it's just not, not, I haven't really, it's not really for me. I don't know. It doesn't, oh. I don't feel like I don't do anything. I don't get anything out of it. Even journaling and stuff. Like I'd rather just work. Have you like, tried like, <laughs> honestly, I'll be sitting there. If I do all this 20 uh, minutes, I'm like, like I could have made this much money if I would have fucking not, been doing Not even that. I could have, I could have just gone ahead and you know, I would yeah. be 20 minutes into my day. Uh, the way you got to look at it is it's trading, you know, it's trading dimes for quarters, like, you know, 30 minutes of meditation, you'll end up finding no joke. And I learned this recently. Yeah. You end up getting 45 minutes back in productivity and time. So it's one of those things, but for people like you, and I can completely relate to you. Yeah. I think everybody this in this is room hard for can. all of us. Yeah. Very, very hard to sit down and do nothing. That's the way I used to think about it. Like, I'm yeah. just gonna sit. and then I would approach meditation like a workout. Like, all right, I'm gonna sit here and meditate. Yeah, like, I fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get a great idea out of this right now. And that's fuck all the way there. Opposite of of meditation. So really learning to let go. Yeah, and then you end up finding you get to flow states better. You remember things more, and it's pretty cool. But yeah. I'll, I'll, I can say I'm, I, it's very possible I'm missing out. Uh, I have, I have brain uh, FM, brain FM. I have an app for you to try. Did you go try the app? It's called brain FM and, uh, they have like, you could trial thing you can do for just their basic stuff, but do they has, have like music and stuff too. They I feel do, like it, I've, yes. okay. I've used so that sleep. They, they do sleep, focus, meditation. And oh, you do nap. focus. What's that? Did you do the focus one? Have you tried yes, it? I have. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I've tried it. I liked it actually. Yeah. Like I can't say I noticed a difference, but I, it was nice. Like I was yeah. <laughs> vibing while I'm working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I tend to just listen to like classical though when I work. I mean that's that's for me for whatever reason. Especially because if I'm writing, mm-hmm. like if I'm going, so I'd have <laughs> when I was doing uh, like four hours of communication stuff a day, um, I had it pretty efficiently, like using all the keyboard shortcuts on Google, and like made it as you know burn through these emails. Um, and so I'd put on like a hard style, obnoxious, loud, you know, just weird electronic music that just get me like, industrial. Yeah. Yeah. Actually like, uh, oh, what was some of the shit? Um, I don't even remember. It was like Skrillex. It's called hard style. No, <laughs> yeah. it's called hard style. It's like, 
uh, I don't even know how to how to how to how to uh, characterize it. it. It's it's just like it's like fast. two computers fucking each other. Yeah, basically. a lot of, a lot of weird <laughs> noise and just really fast and like cheesy vocals and shit. Um, <laughs> What's that like, sound like? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 basically, yeah, sweet. Um, but then for 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 the more deep focus stuff, I like uh, I like classical and I will listen to some soundtracks as well. Who do you listen to classical? Do you have particular artists? Or do you- yeah, so I listen to a lot of Max Richter. Mm. Dude's amazing. Um, it, like I love particularly his. Is, uh, Vivaldi's Four Seasons Recomposed. Um, amazing. Like the first, it's, well, it's the I just started track. getting into classical music myself because I, I found highly it to recommend. Be, there's oh, something, yeah. there's definitely something to it. Uh, and it's different than other forms of music. It's very interesting. Totally. It actually makes me want to learn piano. So mm. I have a piano in my house that I don't, I, my wife wanted to buy it just because it looks nice. And I was like, <laughs> that's, a, that's an expensive thing that just looks nice. But, but yeah. okay. So, but now I'm actually. Your kids are going to learn it though. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Lennox that. already plays. My it's son already functional. plays on it. Yeah. And, and actually, honestly, like I would like to do it. Um, right now it's just a matter of like, I, I'm not ready to carve time out for it. Mm. Cause I, that's kind of how I like, I'm very. Uh, very much my, my life is a routine and I'm a big believer in routine and in think in many ways it allows me to f- it frees me up to do the things that I really want to do. Like a lot of people think of routine as restrictive, especially if it's um, fairly structured. Like I know mm-hmm. pretty much what I'm doing most days from this time to this time is going to be this kind of thing, whatever. But um, anyway, so yeah, Max Richter um, is, is really good. Philip Glass is really good. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Luigi Boccherini, uh, you know, actually it's my that, cousin. Yeah, <laughs> cousin, uh, great, 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 great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, no. yeah. <laughs> um, what do you What do you do for fun besides work? Um, so like if you're like you and you're like what you're like, okay, I got some time. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I really want to fucking do and have a good time. Um, so I haven't been in in Virginia. I've been so in Florida. I had like my routine was I would golf on like Sunday afternoons, oh, okay. and so I was into that. And uh, but it was funny because like the first probably 500 hours of golf or so was working on a building a swing. Cause I don't like to be bad at things. Like I don't like to do things that I'm bad at. So if I'm going to do something, I'm going to get good at it or I'm not going to do it basically. And so to get good at golf and I'd read, you know, 20, that's also what I'll do. I'll, if I'm going to get into something, I'm like, I'll find 20 books to read on oh it. My right? God. How did that go? And, that is such a uh, complicated I, sport. I mean, actually, so, so it went well, but just because I, uh, you know, I'm such an OCD Nazi about how I'm going about it. Right. So <laughs> like I read a bunch of books and uh, to first, so one of the first things is a book called Every Stroke Counts, really good book. If anyone's into golf and you haven't read it, read it, read it, right? This is a guy, he's a professor of statistics at Brown University, I believe. Um, and he is uh, business statistics, but also happens to be a golf aficionado. And so anyways, the dude, um, he, because of who he was, he got access to the PGA's, uh, they have a database going back, I think a couple of decades now of every long shot uh, accurate to within a yard and every putt accurate to within an inch. And um, so they gave him access to all of their data and basically allowed him to just go have fun and see what kind of correlations there were. And mm. so basically he kind of debunked is similar to like, it was, it was, it's like the, I don't, I don't say it's my book, but it, it was a, it was a book that like overturned a lot of things that people assumed about golf and uh-huh. what made for good golf. You know what I mean? Hmm. And one of the big things was one of the big takeaways was that, um, if you want to be a great golfer, you have to have a good long game, meaning like, you you know, getting to the green where you're putting, mm-hmm. you have to, especially off the tee. So like your, right. your, your drives and then your approach shots, 
that's where you, that's where great golf is. That's where it happens. And there are different reasons for that. And it's backed up with data. And so anyways, this dude his I mean, his work, um, he, he came up with a statistic that the PGA tour now uses. Um, so, I mean, he's completely legit. Right. And so that, that's why I was like, okay, so I want to get good. I don't want to just be like, okay. So I need mm. to have a good long game, which means I need to have a good swing. And that's what a lot of people going back to doing what people don't, most people don't want to do. They don't want to work on building a swing. Cause it's a pain in the fucking ass. It's, right. it's, a, well, it's so tough to intellectualize that. Right. So like every little nuance thing that you yep. have to do mechanically, There's so much that goes on in your body. Yeah. Yeah. You have to get to a point too, where you've reached that kind of flow state where you let yep. it free flow. Totally. So how did you even get so that's, close to that? So that's, so that's a matter of, again, first understanding, uh, intellectually what, the big moving parts are in the swing and mm. how things need to like, what are the sequences and mm -hmm. how does it all come together? And then there's also, um, doing a lot of work on camera because similar, I mean, it's, I, I'd say it's, uh, I mean, there's a similarity with anything, any physical action, but like even weightlifting, you know, when you first were squatting for the first right. time, you thought you're even, I explain breaking down a squat or a deadlift or a snatch or a movement like that to a golf swing. Like the oh, mechanics, yeah, yeah, there's so yeah. much. It's because the the whole entire body is incorporated. There's not a lot of like uh, basic exercise movements that, you know, they're most hinging, but yep. the golf swing, you're all planes are getting incorporated. Exactly. So many muscles, upper, lower. So yep. very yep. similar. And it's very foreign because, you yeah, know, it's, it's rotary and everything and else. And it's asymmetrical. Yeah. It's just weird. It's, yeah. just a, it's just a weird movement. It's really not like, you know, what the, it doesn't come naturally. Right. At all. Nothing else emulates yeah. it really. Exactly. Um, except for like, you know, people that make generally good golfers are, are baseball players because there's mm, a lot mm -hmm. of, like it's it's actually the golf swing is very similar to the baseball, baseball swing, swing just mm -hmm. on a different plane it's, now you it's played inclined. hockey though yeah but i was left i was a lefty oh shit and so, yeah, so, also, to go the so right it side. meant nothing like yeah there was no carryover <laughs> uh, but but so then it's working on camera because then you have that you know uh kinesthetic awareness you start to mm. build that where and at first and, it, and you know it's again like when you i mean even if it's just a simple movement like a squat what you think you're doing is not what you're doing mm. you put yourself on camera so you filmed the whole process so so i worked with for again for probably 500 hours on camera working on my swing and just nitpicking working mm. with um, a couple different coaches and then also myself just modeling my swing on a few people on tour that have like essentially technically perfect swings and that's also ironically so that was why that was just my own like i'm gonna go about it that way because that makes the most sense to me mm -hmm. and so after that time you're like i'm gonna go relax and totally obsess about <laughs> fucking golf. that's that's what i'm yeah. saying dude, i'm all dude, weird dude perfect that, it right out of the gates is that yeah. what you do like but it worked it worked because like <laughs> after that right so the people these old guys in the range they would they, they actually like kind of respected it because i'm putting in work you know what i mean mm -hmm. but at the same time like ever gonna fucking play golf dude what are you doing right <laughs> and i was telling them i was just like I know it like, yeah. Okay, dude. Uh, and, and, but so I, I came out, yeah. I came out. So these are guys, again, like you you can go and play golf for, for your entire life and never break 90. If you count every stroke and you play from the tips, like play real golf. Um, you have to be decent to, to break 90. Right. So I, I spent about 500 hours until I got my swing to a point where then I'm at a point of diminishing returns where I knew that like, I don't need to grind my swing anymore. No, it's not perfect. I mean, I'm not, I'm not on the tour, right, but it's solid and my ball striking is good now. And I know that I can take this to the course 
and start, you know, actually putting up scores. And because working on the short game is much easier. It's small. There's smaller motions like putting is fucking this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you practice it over and over. Fine, whatever. But it's not like learning to hit a good drive. Right. Um, and so then within a couple months of then switching it to where it was more like 80% time playing to 20% on the range, my best score was an 83, which wow. uh, my, I was my if I was like a 38 or 39 in the front nine too. Like I could have if I would have, you know, I fucked up a little bit on the back nine and but it, it, that could have been a, a break wow. in 80. So so then when I was telling guys, I was giving them shit, right? And just because, you know, they, they were kind of giving me shit that I was wasting my time, right? And I was like <laughs> giving them shit like, yeah, you're sweet. Like, here it is. Uh, yeah, yeah. What's, that, what's that saying, Adam, that you like to, with me. That you yeah. like to say again? What you how you do one thing is how you do all things. Yeah, how you do anything is how you do everything. Yeah. Yeah. So so you basically like will get into something and then obsess about it. It's kind of hyper focused of my personality. Yeah, just become a maniac about it. And you did that with fitness. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's and that's how I tend and that has gotten me into trouble, like in my relationship with my wife. I was just gonna ask that's exactly the direction. Your greatest strength is normally your greatest weakness. And I always challenge people, do you see that? And I still struggle with it. Uh, I still struggle with it. And, and I, you know, I've gotten better because my wife is, I mean, she's, she's German, right? She's a super sweet girl, but she's also German. So um, <laughs> I married a German too. So, so, yeah, she, so, yeah. so she, there's, you know, there's, she'll only take so much shit basically. And, <laughs> and until, and, and that's also, that's how there's her mom trait. Yeah, that's how her mom uh, is and and was, and that's how her mom is. That's just that's it's just in their blood. You know what I mean? Um, so so yeah, I mean, I, I'm just that person that like I'll tend to if I want to do something. If I and it doesn't matter how stupid the goal is. The goal is to is to get good at golf. It means fucking nothing, right? It's a hobby. Although I'm just not good at like, oh, let's just go in the fucking drink a couple beers and yeah. hit some balls in the woods, like. I get no enjoyment out of that. You know what I mean? Like, I'd rather work. I'd rather just go and write. A lot of people do get enjoyment out of that. I know. I'm, yeah. I'm broken. I don't know, yeah. dude. No, it's fine. Uh, my just, my it, two it's best different. friends. So it's funny because, okay, so like maybe five, six years ago, uh, my two best friends, childhood, we grew up together, elementary school, and they live about an hour, half away from here. They got into golf. Uh, hardcore like I mean that's all they do now on weekends and it finally got to a point where it's like fuck if I want to see my boys I got to pick this sport up that I don't give two shits about and like yourself like instantly like I can't just play something and just be okay with being shitty and chasing balls it's like so you know I'm secretly at the range four or five times a week fucking hitting 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 getting good at and uh, I mean I just could not keep up with the amount of volume that I needed to put in it to actually play and so I get really frustrated because they're fucking good they keep playing and stuff. And I'm like, man, I don't have enough of a passion for it. And I don't have the ability to just go out there, Same. have some beers and not care. Like, it's I know just, it, that will drive me more. I'm like, this is not relaking <laughs> for me at all. It's just frustrating because yeah. it makes me want to go home and go practice so I can actually put a good score. Up. I know. So that's, that's <laughs> how I'll be. I'll, 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 and then, so I'll get something in my mind. And then that's all I want to do. Like, I literally won't want to do anything else. God, like, we're all the same. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. so funny. So I'll, I'll want to fully obsess. You know what I mean? Like, I joke that maybe I should have been in the military or something. Maybe that person, like, just go and find all those people and kill them. And I'd be like, absolutely. That's that's my life. <laughs> that's all I want to do with my life right now is find those fuckers and kill them. You know what I mean? And uh, so, so, yeah, I mean, that's been where I've just gone, you know, to where I'll, I'll work. I mean, I, I, I don't know, 90 hours a week or something. And completely neglect everything else, in, mm. including Sarah, including my, including, and just, just almost like not, as if I don't exist. You know what I mean? And uh, that has absolutely caused problems to where, I mean, Sarah has made it very clear that that's not what she signed up for. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not going to work. You know what I mean? She wants to have uh, a relationship. She wants to have a family and, you know, not 
that's just not her thing. Mm-hmm. And I understand. Mm-hmm. So I've had to like, she's normal. Yeah. <laughs> right. And we're not, and, she married a maniac, eh, which of. is part of, part of the, part of the reason why she liked you. I, ha- I have a gem for you then, because we are actually, we had a similar conversation. Kelly Start was in here just a couple of days ago and we were talking about this. And um, this is something that uh, we, we all are very similar. And it's, I have learned now being a, you know, 36 year old man, I, I have to put, uh, systems in place to make sure that I'm, I'm a, a good partner, yeah. you know, and yeah. it's not a, it's not a matter of loving or not loving my girl. It's just a matter of like I, understanding who you are and yeah. that this is what's made me successful my whole life is I have this ability to get become hyper focused on whatever it is that I'm passionate about. Um, and that doesn't mean I don't love her. It's just that that's just how I work. And so I've also realized that that's also not an excuse for me not to be able to make time for totally. her or make her happy. So totally. I mean, especially also, I mean, I've had, I've had to run, you've probably had the same thing where like, if you look at it logically, putting in that extra hour and a half at the end of the night, um, how much am I really gaining? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Versus what I'm Efficiency. losing. Yeah. I mean, and not even that, like even, um, even if, even let's just say it's efficient work even, but still mm-hmm. in the bigger picture, you know, I've already put in a lot of time. It's not just me. I mean, all, everything mm-hmm. also that I, I don't take credit for everything that I talk about is not just me. I mean, I have a team of mm-hmm. also smart people that work very hard and very conscientious and really care. Um, so, you know, I, I play my role basically, but, but still, so I can say like, all right, we have the end of the night here and I can, what that extra hour, hour and a half that I can put in before bed um, in the bigger picture, let's say it gets me this much in, in that sphere of mm-hmm. like cool it moves it moves thing keeps things moving a little bit but it's going to cause this much harm you know on the relationship which front. ends up setting you back because now you're dealing with a relationship issue or you got yep. right which could end up being hours and days that could drag yep. on if yep. you're or, in the, or if you're even in the, dog the mental strain of it you know, <laughs> right or then and then you know even if when you know you're wrong too you're like yeah i'm fucking dumb yeah mm-hmm. yeah you know what I mean? yeah and then so maybe maybe you're in a little bit of a funk for a couple days where so you know i've had to also realize that I'm in some ways just being illogical and just giving into my lizard brain that just says like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's what you want to do. You, right. know, you know, you want to just fucking work all the, all the time. Don't you? Power through. Uh, so okay. something that we, so this year we started doing this and I was, this is what I was telling Kelly and he's like, man, that's really, that's a really good gym. You should share that. And I've shared. So our listeners are probably tired of hearing me say, cause I've said it several times, but anytime I hear, get a chance to talk to a guest who I think has similar issues as uh, the all three of us have with our partners when it comes to that. Um, we started in January. We said, okay, here's the deal. This is what we're going to do is together. We're going to uh, knock out a book a month together. It's a mm. book we'll choose together and mm. we'll listen to it audible. Mm. And so, you know, and what I, why I like a, a small goal like that, it gives us a goal. So it's not, it's not hard to knock one book out in yeah. a month. It's not, well, I'm not overreaching, you yeah. know what I'm saying? We yeah. could probably push more, but it's like, Hey, I know what that would require. That requires a few hours a week, mm. every single week for mm. us to make sure that we sit and we listen to it or go on a nice drive or mm. whatever. And uh, it's been incredible for our relationship because it always creates incredible dialogue, which mm-hmm. I know that's what she's she's searching for that interaction. Yeah, yep. I've Tr- had the same thing. Where right. Sometimes also I'm just kind of too. I mean, I, I, I'm generally a higher energy person, but there's a point where dealing, you know, after maybe it's 14 hours of of a day where I'm just kind of like, I don't want to talk. I just want to be left alone now. Yep. Mm-hmm. We are. T- I'm totally different yeah. home than I am here. Here because yeah. you're on. You're yeah. on. You're yeah. on. You're on. You're on. You're on. So yeah. when you go home. You kind of shut down and you're all up in here because yeah. you're thinking about everything else, yeah. right? So very cerebral, right? So we we all are very much so alike like that. And this has done it's done wonders for me 
and our relationship because it does it ends up it, it gives her that what she needs because yep. she gets that quality time with me it strikes up good conversation it forces me to be present because i'm listening to this book with her um and, it, and it's not a lot of time that i have to plus i'm growing too so i'm learning yeah. and we're we no, choose something great. we both want to learn it you know rise of superman was actually the first book that we read together so like if that. she's growth-minded uh too which, which she, I, yeah i imagine she is if yeah. you married her yeah. so uh that has been like a fucking game changer that's so, smart yeah, I like yeah. That. we've actually something similar was um we started listening to those jordan peterson bible lectures ah. oh cool yeah so uh, it was it was kind of tough because this was when at the end of her pregnancy so um i mean some it depends how she was feeling like at the end she's you know pretty pretty uncomfortable so sometimes it'd only be like maybe 20 minutes at night or 30 minutes at night but um and you know we, that's how it started i mean it wasn't even necessarily a i mean that's i think it's smart that you thought about it and figured something out i didn't even go that far i just right. was like these are really interesting you should listen to these with me <laughs> and that was kind of well what i noticed and because you are a goal-oriented person like I am that same way. Like I felt like if I just, and we agreed on this at the beginning of the year, it was a New Year's resolution type of deal for us. We agreed that, you know, let's set a goal to hold us accountable because we both know, yeah. you know, how you'll get with business, something yeah. will happen and you'll be like, oh, honey, you know, we will, we'll get to that. But right right now, this is a priority. And if I set a goal and, I, and I'll and i stick to it, it's just the way I am, you yeah. know? And so, same way. Uh, and like, I've definitely- I just hate doing things when I feel like there's no real purpose. Right, right. Like if I can't, <laughs> really justify to myself why am I doing this uh I just tend to like it just makes me it makes me I just get bored you yeah know? and, and yeah. I don't like that feeling I which like which engaged. which is a sign that you may benefit sometimes from doing that you know if, you, if you're if you're trying to fight it so hard and you're obviously I I could I've only met you for two days but I could say safely 100% with 100% certainty I don't think you'd ever have an issue with not being productive I don't think that would ever be an issue for you right but you know setting a time aside to kind of do that uh, you'll probably see, maybe you might see some benefit from it. Yeah. The, I guess that- I don't the, disagree. Yeah. The, and the irony of it is aiming, going into it, thinking that may actually backfire. Like, I'm going to go into this knowing it's going to make yeah. me more productive. This is going to create Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And it just makes it more. So now as a father, you're in the fitness uh, uh, you know, space. This is uh, a big part of your expertise. You have kids now. How do you, your oldest is what, four you said? Mm -hmm. Four now? Mm -hmm. How do you tackle food? with kids we get this question all the time uh because this is yeah, it's very difficult it's one thing being an it's adult a recurring theme for yeah sure. it's one thing being an adult and eating right or whatever but then when you're de dealing with a kid and then they go to birthdays or they start going to school and mm -hmm. you know what are some takeaways that you that you can maybe give our audience that you found with your kids or how do you handle that so so far um so lennox has uh, he's been going to school for about a year now um and they're I would say that he he doesn't he's not a big fan of sweets and like the normal junk food stuff maybe that kids go to and I also don't I don't like uh, not completely not allow him to have some like you now know, is it because you created good habits around the house of yeah just you guys eat and that he, way and he, exactly and he also sees so like when you know he sees how Sarah and I eat which is generally very clean so to speak and not for not because I have you know. Uh, weird ideas about clean eating, but no, like I'm talking about eating nutritious foods, right. whole foods, lot, exactly. Whole foods, <laughs> ate a lot of fruits, a lot of vegetables, a lot of whole grains. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and I myself am not, um, a, an indulgent person when it comes to food. Um, I don't, uh, I think I probably, I, I think I have a good relationship with food where I can go out and I can eat random stuff and enjoy it or not. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And generally, um, you know, my diet is, I, I prefer to eat that way. And so like my little thing is I like dark chocolate. So I'll have maybe 150 calories of dark chocolate every day and that's enough. That's satisfying. I like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. 
Um, and so, so Lennox from the beginning, um, Sarah also did a good job in the beginning exposing him to different foods when he was a baby. So like um, blending up different stuff, vegetables, mm -hmm. fruits, and uh, just kind of, I guess, maybe conditioning his palate in that way, as opposed to giving him um, very you know sugar laden stuff right right off the bat. I'm right glad there. you said conditioning his palate. That's yeah. that's that's something uh, that's real important there because yeah, well you do, said. if you do understand that you're conditioning. Uh, your child's palate, yes. you know that in the beginning, like any kind of conditioning, it's crucial. It's yeah. gonna suck. You know, if you have a kid and you're all of a sudden like, oh, okay, we need to clean up their diet. It's but gonna all take they've you eaten is like you know, yeah, candy and like fast food. Uh, it's gonna yeah, take you, you a go second back from there. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's gonna take you a second, and it, you're gonna have to recondition them with new foods, and it's a slow process. So because yes. I've had people message me and they're like, oh, I tried what you said, and my kid just didn't want to eat, so. It's not going to work for us. It's like, well, it's going to take some time. Like, yeah, you, yeah. you have to change the way they perceive the taste of these foods and Absolutely. associate it. I mean, there's research on both that point of uh, exposing the when they're when they're especially when they're infants, exposing them. And I believe, if I remember correctly, mm -hmm. I read this, I read it a bit ago, but I believe it also you can even start with breastfeeding, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it no, starts they, in they the womb. Have, womb. Yeah. They oh, have okay. studies now. We got was it Dr. Nicole Avina we had on the show that yeah. got into yeah. that? Yeah. 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 Talking about that. So, yeah. so that then 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 I would say I didn't even know that, but then that has also benefited um, Lennox, and then now my daughter Romy as well. She will benefit from that in that Sarah's diet. Um, she also, uh, is, she really enjoys eating, um, fruits and same, same way. And she eats a variety of things. Uh, so, so, you know, I guess they, Lennox had a, had a leg up in that sense to, to start with. Um, but he's still a kid. Like he doesn't like vegetables. He just doesn't, even <laughs> though, I mean, he, he would eat them as a, as a baby and Sarah would find ways to make them taste good without mm. like adding sugar. You know what I mean? Um, but combining some, some sweeter, like if you cook carrots, they, they get sweet. So you can mix that with some green stuff and whatever, mm -hmm. and he would eat that. Now he doesn't like vegetables, but he still likes fruit. Uh, which is good. And he doesn't really like sugar and he likes, you know, Ezekiel toast. He likes, <laughs> so we work around with, and he likes, um, he likes Greek yogurt. So he gets some protein in his diet. Uh, and we're still honestly trying to figure out, and this is something I'm sure that if I were to, I'd, I'm sure there's some good ideas out there. I haven't like really tried to, it, it has now become a thing where I myself, I'm like, I would like him to at least, you know, I'd like to find some way for him to get some vegetables, um, and so I haven't looked into it now, uh, but it's something that I want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, it's been that, that's kind of been the experience so far. Mm. Um, and I guess the big takeaway is, uh, your, your kids will eat the way you do. I think there, oh, there's also that as well. Yeah. Setting a good example. Right. So he sees that, you know, how Sarah and I eat and of course kids mimic that's, that's how they learn everything. Right. Um, so that it's, it's normal to, um, eat the, the way that, that he eats, because that's, that's the way that we eat. And I mean, I, yes, he, he's not really into vegetables, um, yet, but maybe we can figure out, like at least find something yeah, that, he, that he, that he, that he likes. Um, but on the whole, his diet is very good. And there is that, that, you know, he sees us eating like that as well. So of course, mm -hmm. then that's normal. It's a difficult uphill battle, um, that yeah, even, even being as aware as you are, with health and in, in fitness, it's just because then they go out into the world and yeah. Yeah. Um, what you don't want to do, because um, I I know this through personal experience. Because I I mean my I grew up in a traditional Italian home and uh, we don't none of us have good relationships <laughs> with food. We love food for sure, yeah. Uh, but just through our upbringing and you know we got to clean your plate and force you to eat this and bribe you to eat that. Yeah, um, you develop this these poor relationships, but. Um, the other thing you don't want to do is be so uh, crazy strict about it that that's how they rebel. Yes. Because kids will rebel mm -hmm. against whatever you are insane about. Yeah. And this is when you get the kids who go off to college 
and just eat horribly. I have yeah, a friend they just like blow this. Blow themselves up. Freshman fifteen. Uh, I have a friend like this. Like we would go to school and he ate like the most healthiest lunches and snacks, and he couldn't eat certain things because his mom was a nutritionist and she was super super strict. And uh, I saw him on Facebook not that long ago, and he's like massively obese. And it's I know my guess yeah, you, is I mean you're like yeah I my think, guess yeah. is he's like I had such a bad experience with all these foods and my parents, and now I'm gonna go eat all yeah. this horrible garbage. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about exercise for a second because uh, I, I know people are listening to this for fitness advice too. Um, what are some of your I hate philosophies? talking about all that stuff all the time that we all have, <laughs> you know say well, let's give them some I love, let's talk going. about macros right right, right. let's talk about <laughs> not macros but let's talk about progressive overload <laughs> yeah, exactly. what, are, what are some of your takeaway philosophies with for with exercise what are some things that you like to hammer home with your audience so so my audience primarily like the people that I I mean, chose to serve and then now obviously serve most is uh, people, I'd say the general fitness crowd, right? Um, so people that are, um, they've either, this is kind of their their introduction to strength training or um, they've been kind of dabbling in resistance training of one kind or another and haven't quite seen the results that, you know, they wanted. So it's, it's a lot of the basics again of, you know, um, exercise selection, programming, um, progressive overload volume, and, mm-hmm. and, then, and then also not, uh, making, making rest and recovery, um, making sure that you are recovering and not, because there are, it's become like high frequency, high volume training is the thing right now. Beast mode all out, no days off. Yeah, exactly. Six, seven days a week. And like, you know, every, every, so you're like squatting, pulling, uh, bench overhead pressing twice a week and you're going to have your heavy day which is legit heavy and then you're gonna have your hypertrophy day which is in and it's fine if you can recover from it mm. and you know i like um i've i've emailed with quite a few people on some of these programs where they uh, um they just can't do it you know what i mean even 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 just in a younger guys in a surplus uh like you know lane norton's fat program not not i'm not like you know, casting aspersion on the program at all, but I can just say from personal experience, uh, working with a lot of people, I've heard from a lot of people that after a couple months on running fat, they they do not feel good. Um, it's and, just too much. Yeah, and you know, I can't, I can't, I can't uh, say. Of course, I know exactly what they've done, and I mean, I've emailed back and forth just to get information because I'm kind of curious, like you know, how much do they really know about their diet, you know, and, and what, how, what, what are their, what's their sleep hygiene, like just the obvious things. And so again, I've come across quite a few people that, um, I mean, they, they knew what they were doing, uh, and they were doing everything right that I could, that I could tell and, um, had struggled with his program. And again, I, I don't mean to say that it's a bad program at all. It's just very difficult. Yeah. Well, I, th- I feel like there is this, even for intelligent, uh, you know, program creators, there's this this thing where it's like let's make the hardest program yes. we can write yeah. so that if people fail they feel like oh the reason why I don't look the way I want to look is cuz I can't complete this mm-hmm. thing it's right. like that it's that mentality I'm not of, tough enough right that, that might be that'd be that would, that's maybe even a little bit too cynical of that. I might I mean maybe some people are doing that ah uh, yeah dude I feel like a lot of so. a, a lot of them a lot of them that we have met okay. I mean they're mm-hmm. they're putting workouts that are 40 50 sets in a in a, in a in that's a, absurd absurd yeah. yeah and it's like the anybody who's trained you know hundreds or thousands of people uh like we have know that you know 90 percent of those people could, will never be able to handle that type of volume well, i think just, it's a protective mechanism too because if you're pointing out then you're criticizing some of that like it's that's the first thing it's like well you just can't do it because you're not yeah you know you're not awesome yeah. Yeah. So I mean, we do get that a lot. Like, to be honest with you, there's a lot of guys touting that kind of behavior. So, well, yeah. I mean, the human body can 
handle a tremendous amount of frequency and volume if you allow your body time to get to that point. Yes. It's a long, yeah. long, slow process, yeah. and there's a large individual variance. Yeah. So, I mean, like our programs, you know, we kind of scale them. We talk about like MAPS Aesthetic is one of the programs that we have. Is by far our most high volume program. Mm. And we tell people like, listen, if you're not like, if you don't have excellent recovery ability and you're yeah. not used to lots of volume this and frequency, you. yeah. you're going to end up burning yourself out. Start back at Max and Anab- Maps Anabolic where we'll recommend only two days a week, then yeah. three days a week. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, yeah. um, but that's that rest and recovery thing. There's that individual variance, but at the end of the day, it's like, listen to your body, man. Mm-hmm. Totally. Like mm-hmm. if you're not getting results and your body's not improving, Listen to your body. Totally. Change it a little bit. Yeah. And there's also something to be said for, again, so the people that I'm serving, most of them, they don't need to be in the gym for what they want. They don't need to be in the gym six days a week. They don't right. need to be pulling and squatting twice a week with high volume, heavy weight. You know, they don't need to. Right. Um, and so, you know, that's coming back to your original question. It's it's just indoctrinating people in the basics of, uh, I mean, first, it's, it's starting at first principles, right? So on the diet side of things, it's obviously energy balance and macronutrient mm-hmm. balance. Um, and then, and then there's food choices and nutritional quality and so forth. And, um, and then on the training side is teaching the basics of progressive overload and frequency and volume and how these things all relate and how, uh, yeah, obviously at the top of, of everything is, is, is progressive overload. And then you have, uh, the other pathways of growth of, you know, uh, metabolic stress and, and mm. muscle damage. So it's just kind of laying out, uh, uh, the, 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 the foundation for people. So they understand these are the variables. These are the fact, these are what we're playing with. Um, in some, I guess in some ways it's like, there are certain things here that are not negotiable on the diet, for example, like energy balance is not negotiable. Uh, what you eat is negotiable. Your macros are, are negotiable. Um, you could say, depending on what you want to do, there are, you, there are optimal ways of going about it and non-optimal. So, um, you know, I'm really like my program, my bigger, leaner, stronger is like, it has a program right with it. Um, and it's, it's a basic, basically it's like a push pull legs with accessory work, mm-hmm. which I think is a great introduction for new people mm-hmm. where they're not in the, again, they, they can get their workouts done in let's say 45 to 60 minutes. Um, they're not beating the shit out of themselves. Like they actually feel leave their workouts feeling good which is like, how you should leave your workout exactly <laughs> which which matters i mean because there's something to be said for just enjoyment i think with diet and training where you know the best diet is the one you can stick to but there's there's some truth to that um where you know even if there were the the most scientifically optimized diet or training program let's just say whatever that might be if that doesn't if you don't like it if you don't enjoy if you're not looking forward to right. eating your next meal or your next workout it's not going to last. Yeah. You have to find something that works for you and and work within certain parameters is kind of how I've gone about approaching it. So on the training side of things, um, that program, like Bigger Than You're Stronger, is that optimal for someone that's like an intermediate or advanced weightlifter that really wants to max their, maximize their uh, genetic potential? No. And I say that. This is, mm-hmm. this is not that. You know what I mean? Like that's where... To the point of like you guys are saying, yeah, you have to do a lot of fucking work. You have to do a lot more work and it becomes exponentially harder, you know, to like to gain those last five pounds of muscle. You have to work so much harder than you had to work to gain that first 20 pounds of muscle. Right. And, and that's fine. That's a great point. If you want to play that game, that's what you want to do. That's great. Just know that. You know what I mean? And so, so again, the crowd, the, the people that I've helped most are people that have benefited most from learning the basics and then putting them into use. And so for talking guys, it's talking, I'm talking about guys really kind of gaining their first 30 ish pounds of muscle. You know what I mean? And so, I mean, and I've found in working with a lot of guys and a lot of the, the just, if I'm, if I'm segmenting just the, the male, you know, uh, population of my following, 
they're pretty happy like with their first these are people that they have a fitness is not their lives i mean they have jobs a lot of them have families they have fitness is something they really enjoy and it matters to them but they they don't want to also be spending hours and hours in the in the gym and um, they're not trying to look like a fitness model per se they just they want to look good and they want to feel good they want to have energy they want to do workouts they enjoy and they want it to be a lifestyle and so that's kind of how i've gone about well even if you do want to eventually look like a cover of a magazine i still think that's the process you have to go through first anyways true i think that's the biggest mistake that because let's be honest a lot of people even people that um are just starting you know in the back of their head they say oh i just want to feel better look better in the back of their mind like well i wouldn't mind looking like the cover of a magazine the problem is that they go right to those magazine workouts and they start trying to follow these routines that somebody who's hopped up on a lot of steroids or have been training for 10 years and they can handle all this volume two hours of arms or something yes right and then they try and go straight to that thing and it's like no there's it we always talk about like the goal is to do as little as possible to elicit the most amount of change yeah and then you build upon that i talk about that in the book that's that's kind of uh, I wouldn't say I necessarily want to go with the the minimal effective dose, but more let's 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 err on the side more of that as opposed to getting past that point of diminishing returns where you can put in a bunch of extra work, but are you really getting that much more out of it? No, I mean I mean I I talk about this with especially with people that are new to weightlifting where because they'll ask me about because my program is it looks it, it's a bit lower volume than what is popular right now, right? Like what you'll see all over Instagram, um, and and so guys will ask me about that and guys that are new to weightlifting and and i'll say look i mean and and i'll link them to an article where i have these calculators i mean you can go check this out if you want to check this out and see why i'm why am i saying this but what i'm what i'm telling you is you're only going to really gain no more than 25 pounds of muscle in your first year regardless of what you do and if you're like most guys it's probably going to be around 20 give or take some right and you know i've at this point uh i've worked personally just in staying in touch with people, thousands of guys. And I can tell you that if you just do what is in this book, you will get there. You will get to around 20 pounds of muscle unless you're an extremely low responder or if you don't stick to the plan and you fuck right, around you just your fuck diet. off the diet, right? Yeah, you fuck off on your diet and don't pay attention at least to your calories. So, you know, you're you're in a deficit half the time anyway and you don't even know it kind of thing. Um, and so I'll say like... You, what else do you want? Basically, I mean, you can you can go jump from you and you can spend you know the next two months researching programs and trying to get you know super sophisticated with your programming and you know undulate your 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 volume and you're still not going to get more than twenty ish pounds of muscle in your first year. So, uh, especially in the beginning, is like this is simple and you're going to enjoy it and you are going to get more or less everything that you can get out of it. Now, again, if, if you were if we were having this conversation, you had put in a few years of, of good, solid work and you've really gained some strength. So then I think as you get stronger, higher volume has more uh, value from a muscle building potential because you actually can move some weight. You're not just like weak as fuck doing high volume, like mm-hmm. benching 135 or something. Um, and so from like a muscle damage perspective, there's, that's all right. Um, so, so then that would be a different, di- that'd be a different discussion. Right. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah. It's, um, it's great finding people in the, in our, in the fitness uh, world that are addressing these types of things like you and that are being honest. It's crazy to hear like his, that- his philosophy for, for as little as you've been in the industry for that's what's, that's mm. what's well, I mean, look at the guy's super smart and he obviously obsesses about things. Yeah. So he gets yeah. into it and he learns and. When you do that, one of the there's negatives to it, but there's positives too. And the positives are, 
uh, through throughout you know some period of time, you start to sift through a lot of bullshit, and you start yeah. to see what really is the truth and what really works. And coming with a clear lens, and you see everything. For yeah, because <clears throat> I'll be the first to admit we I fucked up for ten years. I was an idiot, bad That's advice, right. yeah, doing yeah. bad things for the first ten years of our career. Yeah. It was, it's the back half where we really started what, to piece things together. One of the I, biggest compl- the one of the biggest uh, when we first launched uh, our, our our programs, the first program we launched was Maps Anabolic, and we call that our foundational program. And the 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 biggest complaint we would get is before people would even try the program they buy it they'd open it and be like oh i know all the stuff this looks basic and we're yeah. Like, yeah yeah you know i mean i've had that try i've reviews like oh this is all just free on the internet like, yeah okay yeah it's like <laughs> try it and do it and see what happens and there's also you know there's a lot of complexity in the simplicity there's a lot of things that people don't see and don't understand That's from true. a programming standpoint yeah. mm-hmm. where it may look basic but there really is things you know it's yeah really there was thought skill there, of it. yeah, yeah. And this there, there was thought put into this that, absolutely yeah. mm-hmm. so what uh moving ahead like what is really fascinating you right now in health and fitness i don't care you can go as deep as you want like uh, what's really fascinating right now? What are you obsessed about right now in, in, in this particular sphere? Um, so that's, that's a good question. I would say uh, it's on the, what I'm most interested in personally is yeah. is on the content creation side of things. So I'm excited um, to, I'm putting together I guess you could say, I mean, it's like a, a team of people so we can, we can get more content going because I can only, you know, do so much myself, which has been really just me up until recently. And then I've brought in one person to help with some, I mean, I've had some, like, I have a, a, um, a girl that helps with research and she's really good, uh, going through the literature it probably saves me, um, six to eight hours. If, if it's on some, if I, if I want to write on something, um, cause there's like an opportunity in terms of, um, like SEO, right. So like, mm-hmm. oh, that's my strategy first and foremost with all written content or most of the written content is it's driven by, is there an SEO opportunity here? I want to stick something on the first page, ideally the first, obviously I want the first spot, but I want to stick something in the top, in the first page of Google. How do you that, go, how do you go about finding that? How's that strategy work? You have uh, somebody you who's like trends on Twitter or uh, well, no, I mean, there's like a whole checklist basically, but, um, you know, who's written a lot of good stuff about this is, uh, Neil Patel. So anyone listening, mm-hmm. if, if you go to neilpatel.com and also quick sprout and I mean, I'll it's all, yeah, it's all, you know, the, I really, I just kind of follow, um, follow. Does he have a book? That name sounds really hustle. Yeah. Okay. I was yeah. No, I didn't see that name. Yeah. Yeah, he's also a friend of mine and Jeremy's cool dude, super nice guy. Like mm. he kind of um, consults for us. I mean, we don't have to pay him, but he's just really nice actually. Like he's mm. just very okay. helpful, you nice. know what I mean? Um, so, uh, but yeah, honestly, I just follow the the little structure that he that he has. And it's, just, it's, it's obvious stuff. You're looking at search volume, you're looking at um, who you're going up against, you know, the competition. So, right. um, and also you need to know like your domain authority. So like, for example, I know Muscle for Life um, has high topical authority on things related to to body composition right but mm, lower topical authority on things just related to general health so for example let's say i wanted to i wanted to write an article on push pull legs which i did right so I, if i go on google push pull legs for one of the steps is looking at who am i competing with what's out there right what's on the first page of google you go and you look at every article and you look at how long it is you, you're looking for for strengths and also more importantly, weaknesses. What could you do better? You know what I mean? How could I write a better article than what is up on Google right now? Mm. And uh, so I'll see, let's say I see bodybuilding.com. I see, you know, all the different magazines, their big websites. um, And I see blah, 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 whatever. I know that I can beat all of them. I know I can outrank them. Like if I, if I produce something better, muscle for life can outrank them. Now, if I wanted to write something on, um, you know, uh, something on like your blood sugar. We actually just published that on Legion. I'm kind of curious to see how that's going to go. Normally I'd stay away from that because 
for that kind of thing, usually going up against, I think this was like the opportunity. This is a little bit unique in that we weren't, it wasn't as the competition was heavy. It wasn't as heavy as we usually see, but like if it was a more of a health related thing and I was going up against like WebMD and uh, any sort of EDU, um, even, even authority nutrition has a lot of topical authority there. I would skip it because I know I cannot beat them. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, also ran into this with, so I would, uh, do these, these recipe posts and I had a girl that was really good and she would like do a bunch of research. She'd put time into it. Right. And like the, you know, 20 different types of recipes and find stuff that is, is kind of macro friendly and, and not, not, not like outrageously high calorie, high fat shit all the time that like, when can you, you know, yeah, maybe you can eat that here and there. Uh, but most people, you know, they're not, eating 150 grams of fat a day. So they can't eat 80 grams of fat for dinner. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, and so, but I know that like, I really can't rank, I can't beat, I don't, uh, the, the, even just the big food sites and food blogs and stuff to rank for even lower traffic, lower competition stuff. So, so you have to know like what, what will Google uh, allow you to rank for and kind of stick to your wheelhouse, so to speak? And um, so that that's part of it, right? And and looking at uh, then how do you do something better? Generally, the longer, the better as far as rankings go. So like a sweet spot, the, the problem is the longer it is, the, the harder it is for people to want to read it, which is something like Greg Knuckles obviously has run into with his stuff. And he knows that. I mean, he's writing to a very specific crowd, but the average person, when the first thing you see on an article is a paragraph this big, that has like, uh, f you know, 15, 22 syllable words, you're just like, oh, yeah, no, 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 it's not for me. Like, I'm clearly in the wrong place. I don't have that long uh, of coffee break. <laughs> um, and, and, and I'm saying that I love Greg's work. I'm a big fan of his work and I've had him in the It's like what you and I talked about yesterday, just like some people as far as like the yeah. average consumer yeah. listening is not. Yeah, yeah. And, I th and he knows that. He knows that he's he's writing to more or professionals. Yeah, more people like, like him um, than just like the Gen Fit crowd. Um, so, so anyways, that's, uh, that, that's kind of like what my, if I'm going to be, if I'm going to be writing, it's, I'm usually, I'm looking for first and foremost, an SEO opportunity and then finding how can I, how can I do something really good? You know what I mean? How can I put something out there that's going to rank and that people are really going to enjoy? So, um, anyways, ramping that up, uh, which is, which is fun because it's, again, it's the type of stuff I like to do. I like to research. I like to write. I, I mean, I, I like the, I like the act. I, I like to formulate ideas and articulate them. So that can be writing or it can be speaking. So I enjoy the podcast. So I'm like having fun with that where now I'm doing three episodes a week on my podcast and I'm, and I'm it, like previously I was so kind of off the cuff and nonchalant about it. And that's why I was like unprofessional and I'm almost embarrassed about it. But, uh, but now I'm doing, I'm like actually applying myself a, a bit more to it, um, which is fun. And, and so I'm working on also, I'm going to do a, a, a series of well, on the book from doing a series, I'm doing a series of shorter books that I'm going to be self-publishing because um, there's an opportunity there. Um, and that's, that's fun. Like I almost have the first one done. Um, and then I'm also working on my next actual book, um, which is going to be, I'm going to do a, um, a traditional publishing deal because I want to do a New York Times campaign. I'm going to do it. I don't have to pay the unnamed company <laughs> a, a lot of money for it um, because I can I can get the sales legitly. I don't need to buy them. Like I have enough people that will actually buy the book. Um, and that's not even factoring in people um, like you guys, maybe that might want to promote it when it comes out. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's just, just, I'm just thinking like in my own, in my own, you know, ecosystem, I think I can drive enough sales for sure. And I would like to do that. I mean, because one, it's kind of cool. I will say as like, uh, I consider myself a first and foremost, a writer. And it's kind of cool from a, you know, a bucket list thing, right. To have a legit NYT. Like I didn't just buy it. You know what I mean? Like I had to work for it. 
Um, and, and then also I just know that it will open doors, especially media stuff that, um, might otherwise, I might not, might not otherwise even know about. And it's kind of stupid, but it just is what it is. Um, it, if you are a New York times bestselling author that people perk up. Got a lot of clout. Yeah, it does. Mm. Um, so, so, so that's, that's something I'm excited for. And, and also, and honestly, like I'm also excited for the group that I'm putting together. I like working with the guys that I have and we're bringing on some more people and that's, um, it's also, it's fun from that perspective. Um, so. Excellent. Yeah. So we can expect a lot more out of, out of you. Stuff. Sounds a lot, like more, a lot yeah. more stuff, Eddie. Stuff. And you have a new baby. Health and fitness things. Yeah, That's like when people sleep. ask what I do. I'm like, I, don't know, I do health and fitness things. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I'm like, I have some books. And That's like, rad, man. So uh, you, you mind sticking around doing like a, a Q&A with sure. us Let's later start. on? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that'll definitely. That would be fucking Let's awesome. Let's go grab yeah. something to eat. Let's go grab something to eat right now. And then we'll definitely uh, continue on. Yeah, stuff, fuck yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. We'll do another episode. I totally appreciate you guys having me. Excellent. So check this out. Go to mindpumpmedia.com. We have 30 days of coaching. It's available and it's for free. It's for anybody. Also, if you want to find us on social media, the place to find us is Instagram. Our page is Mind Pump Media. We all have personal pages as well. Mine is Mind Pump Sal. Justin is Mind Pump Justin. And Adam is Mind Pump Adam. Hey there, it's Mike again. I hope you enjoyed this episode and found it interesting and helpful. And if you did and don't mind doing me a favor, then please do leave a quick review on iTunes or wherever you're listening from. This helps other people find their way to the show and learn how to build their best bodies ever as well. And of course, if you want to be notified when the next episode goes live, then simply subscribe to the podcast and you won't miss out on new episodes. And if you didn't like something about the show, then definitely shoot me an email at mike at muscleforlife, and that's just spelled out, musclefor.life.com, and share your thoughts on how I can make this better. I read everything myself and I'm always looking for constructive feedback. So thanks again for listening to this episode and I hope to hear from you soon. Oh, and before you leave, let me quickly tell you about one other product of mine that I think you might like. Specifically, my fitness book for men, Bigger, Leaner, Stronger. Now, this book has sold over 350,000 copies in the last several years and has helped thousands of guys build their best bodies ever. And that's why it has over 3,000 reviews on Amazon with a four and a half star average. So if you want to know the biggest lies and myths that are keeping you from achieving the lean, muscular, strong, and healthy body that you truly desire, and if you want to learn the simple science of building the ultimate male body, then you want to read or listen to Bigger, Leaner, Stronger today, which you can find on all major online retailers like Audible, Amazon, iTunes, Kobo, and Google Play.